Hey, Shoff, are you ready for a new year? Oh, yeah, I'm totally ready for a new year, man. 2020 has been rough. I'm so glad that we can look forward to 2021. It's going to be clean slate. It's going to be great. Uh, just, just, I'm so excited for all the possibilities that 2020 has in store for it. So am I, my friend. All right, real quick, before we record, let me just check the news. Welcome, you've got mail. At least we still have the geekies. Come on, Shop. Well, it's time to record now. Yeah, Wonder Rob, I just can't wait to record now. We met on stage because we like to perform now. We're best of friends co-hosting all of our shows now. It's time to celebrate our energy. With new shows for you to blast every freaking week. Come on, Shop. It's time to let our geeks speak. I hear you, Rob. My geeks speak has crazy tech. We move of Marvel. DC's okay. Our content rocks. Geek news all day. Welcome back, fellow geeks, for another episode of Geek So To Speak podcast, the first episode of 2021. Woo! Or should I say, December 39th, 2020. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your co-host, Wonder Rob, coming at you live, well semi-live, from Southern California. And on the line with me is my best friend in the whole wide world, the yin to my yang, the Cheech to my Chong, the the New Year's Eve kiss to my. Also, wait, that analogy went south real fast. Forget I said anything. My best friend, Shaf. How's it going, Shaf? Hey, it's going pretty good. It's going pretty dang good. I mean, it. I guess. I guess it's going pretty dang good. I mean. The people stormed the Capitol the other day, uh, just riots and protests and people dying and people dying from disease and people dying from bullets. It's it's crazy. But I'll tell you what, I'm here in Sedona and I'm safe and I'm sound with my family. So I'm grateful for that. 
Wonder Rob, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. You know, we like to start the show with a downer. <laughs> That's if we don't start the show with a downer, I feel like we haven't been doing our job right. You know. Uh, well, if you start low, then all the only place to go is up. So yes, yes, we are going up today, my friend, because it is. The third annual Geeky Awards. We made it, Shaf. We made it. Another year under our belt. We are happy to be back to talk about what was the absolute best of 2020 and what was the worst of 2020 because, believe you me, there was a lot of worst, but there was also a lot of best. Oh, yeah. And so we want to thank you, the audience, for, of course, joining us for the Geeky Awards, the third annual Geeky Awards, but also for sticking with us through 2020 up to the third annual Geeky Awards and beyond. So thank you. Thank you so much. If you haven't already subscribed, hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to us on, be it the, the iTunes or it's Apple Podcasts now, Shaf. I don't know if you know that. Uh, or the, the Google right. Plays or the the Spotify's or the Stitcher radios or whatever SoundCloud. If you're, I feel like SoundCloud is the Walmart of podcasts now. Uh, and I'm not saying that shop because we're hosted on SoundCloud. I, just mean, <laughs> I was like, um, er, but wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, thank you so much for listening to us and subscribing. If you are a long time listener, well, again, a great uh, a shout out and thank you to you as well. Uh, here's my request to you listeners, regardless of if the th- man first episode of the year shop already can't speak, already screwing it up. You know this is gonna be a good episode. Did you have dinner, Wonder Rob? No, I didn't. This always happens. God I don't eat dinner, it. and my tummy starts growling, and I can't concentrate. But that's okay because I figure. It makes for more interesting content, and that's what we like. If you're a first-time listener, if you're a long-time listener, no matter what your label is, you are all under the umbrella of the title Geek, so to speak, Podcast Fluffer. Now, if you don't remember what that means, I'll tell you, you're our fluffers. That means you're building us up. You're making sure we stay rock hard and strong. (laughs) And how do you do that? Simple. You tell your friends about Geek, so to speak. You post about it on the Instagrams. You share it on the Facebooks. You follow us on the Twitters and you retweet our retweets. You do whatever you can to get the word out. So thank you. Thank you so much. Well, it's another year, Shaf. We do have the third annual Geeky Awards to get to. We got a lot, a lot, a lot of content. But since it is the first episode of the new year, And we are best friends, and despite the fact that we talk every day, we're going to pretend like we don't know what's going on in each other's lives for the benefit of the listeners. So, tell me, Shaf, how's your new year been? Dude, so much stuff is going on right now. So much stuff. Okay, so um, I've been talking on the podcast about a potential move uh, leaving the state of Arizona and going somewhere else. And... uh, this is all but confirmed. We are moving out of Arizona uh, 
uh, first week of February. Uh oh. First week of February. So we All are right. headed. We are headed to the Rocky Mountains. We are going to Colorado. We are. We are going to become Coloradoans, Coloradites. I don't know what they are necessarily, but I'm going to become. <laughs> I don't one know if there them. is an official. The South Parkians. South Parkians. There we go. Yeah. There you um, go. Uh, Shout out we... to all our South Parkian listeners. <laughs> yeah. So really, really excited. Uh, we're getting the, all the stuff together. Uh, we've been packing up the house. We've been uh, getting all the logistics taken care of, you know, applications for our new rental house and and uh, and doing little virtual tours of this stuff. I mean, doing all of this during COVID, tough. And let me tell you. Um, especially when it comes to getting help for the move, because we're going across state lines. We're going into another state. Uh, we've got a baby. She's, she just turned six months old and there's, uh, it's tough to find someone who's going to be able to assist and drive the truck for us because we're, we're not having like a moving company pick up all our stuff. We're doing like a big U-Haul truck. And we're going to load it up or I think we might hire a couple of dudes to like load up the truck for us. But, um, but we're, <laughs> but, but we're, we're not having them drive it for us. We're, we're going to be having a friend of ours drive it. And, um, you know, with COVID being what it is, if somebody's going to drive the truck out there, then they have to be comfortable with either flying back to where they live or renting a car or something. And the situation is tough because a lot of people don't want to be traveling right now. So the idea of going to an airport is kind of, I mean, for, for some is a very scary thought, especially if they're in a high risk category. So, um, so it's been a little bit difficult for us to find uh, help to move, but thankfully we do have some friends in Sedona who have offered to assist. So we're working out all the details related to that. And the idea of traveling like six, well, 12 hours, I think is the, is the drive time to get to Windsor. Uh, Colorado. So it's, um, it's something where a baby could not make that kind of a trip all the way through. So we're going to be taking making lots of stops. It's going to take a lot longer, probably going to do it over the course of two days. So it's going to be a big thing, but, um, but you can, you can expect that the, the, the uh, geek news podcast of the century will still be thriving at that point, And we will make sure to bring you all that geek content, even though I'll be moving to a new home. So man, two moves in Three years? Four, wait, how long have we been doing this? Four years? Well, but this is our fourth year, I think, yeah. technically. So two two moves in four years, Shop. Woo! Woo! That's all I got to say is you get the geeky award for most moves in the <laughs> series of the podcast. Excellent. I, well, I don't know about that because remember, you, granted, it's been some time, but when you be, first became a co-host, this was before you moved to Colorado. And then you lived there. I didn't for, move to Colorado. I moved to I California. Mean, I mean, That's California. You, I'm buddy. sorry. I've got Colorado on the brain. <laughs> I, my apologies. Um, moved you to got California. that whiskey by you. <laughs> the I listeners don't say, know. Shaf has a, a has a show whiskey that he always drinks. <laughs> Actually, what I do have next to me is the Geek, so to speak, mug, um, which I have. I made one of these like cookie dough in a mug things. You put it in the microwave. You like mix it all up and you put it in the microwave. Tasted like ass. Tasted like absolute 
And we're not talking like good ass. We're talking like really badass. Okay. The ass. Badass? Like the Bruce Willis and Die Hard? <laughs> like Bruce Willis's rectal mouth. <laughs> oh, no. More like Bruce Willis in, in Death Becomes Her. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. We're getting off. Okay. So, but what I was trying to say is that um, you moved to call. I did it again. To California. California. <laughs> That's where I moved. <laughs> but when you first became a co host. <laughs> and then you moved again um, just, what, last year, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess if you count that, we bought a house, and we moved We moved a quarter of a mile down the street from where we were living. So if, if you're counting that, sure. Well, let's call it a tie. It's a tie. We both get the Geeky Award. We'll have to cut it down the middle. <laughs> And we'll share it on our shelves. I love it. All right. All right. But how was your New Year's, huh? Oh. Tell them uh, tell about your New Year's. Do you know, something I, do you know something I don't? <laughs> you don't remember? You were drunk. No. Uh, I know that we made uh, fondue, uh, yes. a grilled chicken. It was really mm-hmm. tasty. Um, and we were in bed by 8.45. Yes. And... And uh, we played Animal Crossing in bed. Uh, and I, I, okay, this is the first time I ever time traveled in the game so that we could get to uh, basically like less than five minutes to when the uh, uh, midnight would hit so that mm-hmm. the game you could see like the fireworks and stuff happen on our island. So I time traveled a couple hours into the future so that we could watch um, uh, 2020 become 2021 on the island of Kutu Buku. So, um, so yeah, so that was that. And then we went to bed. It was, uh, it was magical. It was a magical, uh, New Year's Eve. How about you? Well, our New Year's Eve was, uh, I, I dare to say just as magical. Uh, we were definitely in bed before midnight, but I think I made it to about 1130 before I fell asleep. But, Keep in mind, I wasn't trying to stay up till midnight. I just happened to stay up till 11.30 that night, which is unusual. Uh, I usually fall asleep pretty darn early, but something about New Year's Eve was uh, was uh, getting the motor running. My wife and I, you know, we were with the boy. We played some games. Uh, we actually spent the evening uh, with my wife's parents so i was with the in-laws and we you know played some little board games and eat some food and stuff uh but it it wasn't too bad no complaints out of me for for new years uh but i can't remember the last time i stayed up late or even stayed up to watch the new years and not at least not for the last three years i think yeah i'm just over that um oh i'm on the other i'm on the other side of 30s and so I don't do that no more. <laughs> uh, not to mention being a dad. Uh, but on top of that, Shav, everything's been going pretty well. You know what I've been watching on Netflix? Let me tell you, it's this little show. Of course, I'm butchering the name of it. History of sw- Swear Words? What's the name of that show, Shav? I'm going to tell tell you all about it, even though I don't remember the name. I'll, I'll look it up. The History of Swear Words. History of Swear Words, starring Nicolas Cage. You're right. Have you seen History this? of Swear Words, you got it. There you go. Have you seen this? Have you heard about this, Kev? Uh, 
It is a docu-series on Netflix where it focuses on one swear word. For example, the first episode is all about the word fuck. The second episode is all about the word shit. The third episode is all about the word bitch. I can't remember what the fourth one was, but I only got through the first three. I did start the first, or excuse me, the fourth episode because I wanted to just see what the swear word was going to be. But of course, I don't really remember (laughs) now. But I did watch the first three. I watched fuck, I watched shit, and I watched bitch. And let me tell you something. These are just like 22-minute episodes shot, but they're they're pretty darn entertaining. And hearing Nicolas Cage call call, uh, the, the watchers, the viewers... I almost said the listeners, but it's not a podcast. Calling the viewers bitch every so often. It's it's worth the the cost of the Netflix subscription. I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> well, you, you got a picture. See show. Yeah, you showed a picture of like a chart, and one of the words was "fuck boy." And does does Nicolas Cage ever <laughs> utter the word "fuck boy"? I don't think he said the word "fuck boy," but I would I would love 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 to point out that I actually didn't share that picture, Shaf. That was a picture shared by your arch nemesis, oh, Vactor. That's right. Shout out to Vactor. No, first remove, shout out of the remove year. that shout out to Vactor. <laughs> let, let me just take a moment. I don't want to. I don't want to tread over your your updates uh, and and all of this this witty repartee but i have been subjected to a group text uh referred to now as the thunderdome uh reason being is that because apparently someone thought it was a good idea to have me join this group text that involves wonder rob it involves the corrections department darth vibbert and it involves my arch nemesis vactor who I was calling Tractor, and now I have moved to calling him just plain old Justin uh, because he's obsessed with Justin Timberlake. So much so that he, like, told everyone his name was Justin. Like, he changed his name. Like, he went down to City Hall, and he was like, I need a name change. I like Justin's music. I want to be Justin Timberlake. Now I'm Justin Timberlake. So his middle name his he, it's Justin Timberlake Vactor. That's his that's his full name. Wow. And okay. um, you know, here's the problem. God damn it, he's an enjoyable person. Why? <laughs> why did he have to be so goddamn charming and enjoyable? You know, that's that's what makes oh, me man. hate him even more, I think, because we on other circumstances, if we both weren't vying for Wonder Rob's best friendship, we would probably be good friends. We would be compadres. I could even see myself hanging out with good old tractor, Justin Timberlake Vactor, but he's my nemesis and therefore he remains on the opposite side of the equation just as Neo and Agent Smith must always be on opposite sides of the equation to balance said equation. He remains my arch nemesis and will for till the end of time. But I did give him a reprieve on Christmas. I was nice to him. That was that. Now we're 2021. The, the gloves are off and, uh, on, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Back to you. All right, all right. Well, you know what? Well, while we're on the subject, I 
let me let me talk to the listeners directly. Uh, feel free to listen, Shaf, since you're here. But one thing I promise the listeners for 2021 is that we are going to expand the geek, so to speak, lore on the the feud between Shaf and his arch nemesis Vactor. <laughs> So look forward to more Thunderdome content <laughs> in the year 2021 from Geek, so to speak. All right. I've also been playing some video games, Shaf, but you know what? I'm actually going to hold off on my video game talk until we get into the geeky award video game talk conversation. Oh. Uh, but before we even get into the geeky awards, we do have a new segment that we debuted on the last episode of Geek, so to speak, the last episode of Geek, so to speak, for 2020, we actually, you know what? Speaking of Geek, so to speak, lore, a big member of the Geek, so to speak, lore, the behind the scenes, uh, inside conversations that we like to have on Geek, so to speak, the corrections department. The, the corrections department's been with us for quite a while now, been a regular contributor to the Geek, so to speak, podcast for a while, and... We decided for 2021, we're going to give the corrections department a voice. Just 90 seconds, though. We don't have all the time in the world here. But last week, this this segment debuted. We, we debuted it a little early, but we're bringing it back, and we will continue to bring it back until the listeners tell us to stop. <laughs> Here's the thing, though, Shaf. I don't remember what the, the segment's called. Oh, it's called What's In it Review called? with the Corrections Department. In Review. That's, listen, after 13 or four, 14 more uh, introductions to the segment, I will remember what it's called. I promise that. <laughs> you know, it's, so, it's on the agenda. That's all it I'm going to say. It's on the agenda. Oh, shoot. I should have looked at the agenda. That's what I get for trying to do this all off the dome, Shaf. <laughs> In review with the corrections department is the name of the segment, and it is geeky season. So, of course, I believe our corrections department, Darth Vibbert, uh, has some some points, uh, some thoughts to weigh in with for the geeky award. So, I'm gonna pass the mic to our corrections department and let him have his ninety seconds. Take it away. Hello again, Corrections Department here, back with my own awards for the Geekies. Uh, I'm not going to do any worse stuff, because I don't want to be negative. So here are my best of for movies. Last week you already heard my best of of the year was Soul. The runner-up for that would be the Lonely Island's Palm Springs film. And then for TV, my favorite show or miniseries was Watchmen last year on HBO followed very, very, very closely up as a runner-up with season two of The Mandalorian. And then for uh, my favorite video game, uh, I haven't actually even played it yet, but I'm betting it's going to be Miles Morales. I really enjoyed Animal Crossing, and I actually really liked the Avengers video game too. I enjoyed it a lot. So with that, I am finished in under 90 seconds, titled Wonder Rob Sex Tape. Okay, so that was good. I appreciate uh, all your thoughts, Darth Vibbert. I don't really appreciate the, the little jab at me at the end, but hey, <laughs> fair game, I suppose. You gave one to Shaf last week. So now we're all even. 
now we're square and there will be no more uh, pokes or jabs, I can uh, assume, for the rest of Well, it only takes one to rob a couple of pokes, <laughs> as evident. That's true. <laughs> I don't deny anything. All right. So normally, normally, Shaf, at this point in the podcast, we'd say it's time for some geek news. Geek news! Ignore that bumper, because we're not doing any geek news this podcast. It's time for the 20... I just wanted to throw a little extra work in for Shop. <laughs> we're doing the 2021 Geeky Awards. That's right. We'll be back, of course, next week with your regularly scheduled geek news content. But this time, just like I've said about 100 times already, it's time for the Geeky Awards, Shop. So... We have lots of categories. Uh, of course, we're going to talk about uh, all the movies we watched this year, all the video games we played this year, all the geek movie tortures we uh, we subjected ourselves to, oh, and yeah. a little bit more than that. But the first, the first category, Shaf, I, I made a special category. I decided what would be the best way. To, to tribute the movies we didn't see in 2021 due to COVID-19. And it hit me like a, like a bell over my head. Best movies we did not see due to the worldwide COVID pandemic, Shav. <laughs> now, when, uh, when we go down the list of the movies that we actually did review for 2020, uh, you'll notice that it's it's pretty scarce. You could practically practically see the tumbleweeds rolling through the list of movies that we reviewed last year. But let me tell you about the movies that we didn't see, Shaf. We didn't see Free Guy. We didn't see Candyman. We didn't see The King's Man. We didn't see Morbius, I know. We missed out on Morbius, Shaw. <laughs> Will we, we ever didn't see Black even Widow. want to see Morbius is the question. <laughs> oh, boy. We didn't see Eternals, Shaw. We didn't see No Time to Die. We didn't see A Quiet Place 2. We didn't see Godzilla vs. Kong. This feels like an in-memoriam We in didn't see F9. <laughs> Doesn't it? It feels like Yeah, maybe we'll make it an in-memoriam segment. <laughs> I'm going to play some Maybe, music. Yeah, let's change it. In memoriam. <laughs> we, we didn't see F9. We didn't see Ghostbusters Afterlife. We didn't see Venom, colon, Let There Be Carnage. We didn't see Top Gun, Maverick. We didn't see Jungle Cruise. And we didn't see Dune. And those, those are just... The, the the highlights, the the headers, the, the big hitters, if you will. I'm sure there were plenty other movies that didn't make it to 2020 like originally planned. The good news from this lift shop is, in theory, we're going to see all these movies this, this year. On top of all the other things that we know are actually coming out this year. So we might have a jam-packed, a jam-packed schedule this year. We might not have to be real creative with the topics like last year. Episodes, um, but this is an in memoriam segment now. But it's best in memoriam, best movie you're glad that died. What movie was the best movie we didn't see 
last year, Shaf, out of all those movies I mentioned, what was the one, the one movie you were looking forward to the most? You know, there were a bunch. This was a tough one because there were a lot of really, you know, great movies that I wanted to see, like Black Widow. We keep clamoring to see Black Widow, but Marvel and Disney are like, no, we are not going to put that on streaming. You're not going to see that on Disney+. Plus. You got to wait. It's going to be a theatrical release. Therefore, I cannot release my seed onto the world because uh, I haven't seen Black Widow yet. But so Black Widow, <laughs> definitely Eternals was a big one. No Time to Die. I love I love uh, James Bond, so I was really interested in that. I'm a sucker for ki- kaiju battles, so the Godzilla versus Kong uh, epic showdown was going to be a lot of fun, even though the Godzilla uh, King of All Monsters movies sucked ass. Um F9, I'm a huge uh, fa- uh, Fast and the Furious fan, so I was really excited to see what they do with this one. Are they going to space? Who knows? Ghostbusters <laughs> Afterlife. Oh, my gosh. I was super excited about this. I'm a huge Ghostbusters fan. Um, my Lego Winter Village had a Ghostbusters like vignette where they were teaming up with Spider-Man to take down Molten Man. Oh, my God. It was epic. Um, and then there's a bunch of other ones too. I mean like Venom, I don't know, whatever. Top Gun, whatever. Jungle Cruise, whatever. Dune, whatever. Here's my thing. The very best movie that we did not get a chance to see in my personal opinion, Wonder Rob, mm-hmm. Ghostbusters Afterlife. Ghostbusters Afterlife? Yep. All right, all right. I'll give it to you now. I'm on the same page in terms of things I was really looking forward to this year. Free Guy. We, we've we talked about Free Guy several times in the last year. Uh, Ryan Reynolds just doing his thing, smirking at the camera, doing his William Shatner acting like he likes to do. But set in a, <laughs> set in a Grand Theft Auto type world, sold. You got it. Uh, the King's Man. Now, I'm not... Full transparency here, you guys. Uh, we didn't ever review any of the Kingsman movies on Geek, so to speak. Therefore, I have not seen any Kingsman movies. But I know Shaf. Shaf loves them. Oh, I do. And so I know that would be right up your alley. I have I have sort of a morbid curiosity for Morbius. Because <laughs> it's it's a it's a dumb trailer. Yeah. Jared Leto, not quite as damaged in these trailers, but still a little damaged. Uh, but the thing that really makes me the most curious out of this, the whole thing, the whole Morbius situation, is that out of the two trailers that have come out, Shop, they still have that Spider-Man uh, poster in the background saying wanted, and it, it's... it's Still, in both trailers that have that came out months apart, it's still the Sam Raimi Spider-Man costume, but it's also still a screenshot from the Spider-Man <laughs> game on PlayStation Four. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, the if you go back and you listen to the first time we talk about the Morbius trailer, I I I was convinced that was a mistake, and they're they're gonna fix it in post. <laughs> They're not going to leave that, but it showed up again in another trailer. (laughs) So I just have this morbid curiosity about Morbius now. I'm not really looking forward to it, but I kind of am. Uh, But uh, we have some sort of sick, like, (laughs) need to to watch bad movies. (laughs) It's true. 
Um, Black Widow, obviously, we're all excited for it. Eternals, I'm excited for, but I'm not as hyped about that for Black Widow. No Time to Die, I'm sure it's fine. Godzilla vs. Kong, now, that's like just two CG monsters smashing together. I could, I could get on board with that. <laughs> Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Oh, dear God. The first Venom made me physically ill <laughs> from when we uh, when we reviewed that. That wasn't last year. That wasn't in 2020. That was 2019, I think. It was 2019. We, it was a yeah, geek what, movie torture 2019. We did a geek movie torture of Venom, and I, I came down with the flu immediately after, and I do blame it on Venom. Uh, Top Gun, eh, we'll see. Jungle Cruise, Dune, F9, uh, and a few others. But I'm going to tell you, Shaf, the one that, out of this whole list, the one that I am looking forward to the absolute most, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Seriously? Seriously. And that was not a pick just because you picked it. I have all my answers written down already over here, and I picked Ghostbusters Afterlife as Wonder Rob's most looked forward to movie, most anticipated movie that we didn't see in 2020. That's amazing. So I think it's fair to say, Shaf, that the geek, so to speak, in memoriam slash best movie we didn't see in 2020 due to a worldwide pandemic award goes to Ghostbusters Afterlife. I'm making cheering noises uh, just in case you forget to come back and be like, I just Just in case you forget. (laughs) (laughs) How much work can I give Shaf in this episode? (laughs) All right, perfect. All right, Uh, I'll let you take it for the next category, pal. All right, let me just finish this note. Okay. (laughs) All right. So, (laughs) uh, the next, I can't believe we agreed. That's fantastic. That's amazing. Out of there's a lot of movies in that list. There was a lot of ways this could go. So that's that's incredible. So I guess we can hope for is is Afterlife going to be this year or next year? Do we know? It's this year. Okay. It's going to be 2021, my dude. Thank goodness. Fingers okay. crossed, that is. Okay. Well, the next category that we have for our listeners today is the best and worst movies that we've reviewed this year. Now, as Wonder Rob said, there's only been a very small handful of movies that we've been able to review, surely because everything got delayed. There was very little that was available. This was the year when movie theaters basically boarded up their their windows and doors and we had no way of accessing a movie in the theaters until just towards the end of 2020. And we were all very hesitant to even go to the theaters. Wonder Rob doesn't even have access to a theater that's still open right now. So there's no way for him to go see something. It's true. (laughs) Yeah, as of right now, all the movie theaters around me are still closed. (laughs) It's weird to me that Sedona's theater is open. Like, and they have a lot of... movies playing there and i wonder how many people are going i know that i haven't set foot in that theater since we saw sonic the hedgehog that was the last movie i saw actively in the theaters (laughs) 
<laughs> I've said it on the podcast before, and I'll say it again. I can't believe the last movie I saw in theaters was Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. Oh my! And it feels like forever ago too. That's the part that really blows my mind. Is I'm going to read this list right now, but these first two movies on the list they feel like an eternity ago. And probably this is because they, I saw these movies before my baby was born. <laughs> so it's like, that was like a different phase of my life. That's true. <laughs> um, but the, the first you movie- You were still, that, you know, footloose and fancy free. <laughs> I mean, obviously uh, my significant other was pregnant, but, and we were just kind of like watching, we were, we were basically couch potatoes as much as possible. Um, so the first movie that, that uh, I watched this year, that we watched together was, uh, Birds of Prey. So the emancipation mm-hmm. of Harley Quinn, the Harley Quinn movie, um, which vaguely involves the birds of prey <laughs> um, for about five minutes. <laughs> Ever so vaguely. Yeah. Um, as we said, Sonic the Hedgehog, um, good old Sega mascot. Um, Onward. Now this is okay. After Sonic the Hedgehog, this is where all the movies start to go to streaming and what was available on Disney plus or what was available on Amazon prime or something. So Onward was a movie that was supposed to come out, uh, in theaters and Disney, uh, decided to go ahead and release it on Disney plus. And so we got a chance to watch that movie. It was a Disney Pixar flick. I'm pretty sure. Right. Or was it just Disney? Yep. You got it. Okay, cool. Uh, let's call it Disney Pixar. Corrections department, get on it. Yeah, I feel like it's just Disney, but I could be wrong. Anyways, uh, moving on. The next one we've got, moving onward. (laughs) Um, Trolls World Tour. Now, um, I also watched Trolls again in preparation for Trolls World Tour. Um, But this was a a choice that we made because Wonder Rob's son, Wonderlink, uh, absolutely loves or at least at the time, loved the trolls. Like he would watch this movie over and over and over and over and over yeah. again. And Wonder Rob, is he still is he still into the trolls? Is has he kind of moved on from the trolls? Now he'll he'll watch trolls or trolls world tour if I put it on for him because we don't really watch it as often as we did. Now I've seen trolls I think it's absolutely fair to say, while I don't have a number of times I've seen Trolls off the top of my head, I can safely say I've seen that movie more than any movie I've seen in my entire life (laughs) Uh, due to having a two-year-old son. But we've sort of cooled off on Trolls, and it's gotten to the point where if I do put on Trolls that he will watch it and he will sit down and watch it because it's been so long since he's seen it. So it's it's like you take like a toy he loves and you take it away and then you give it to him and he's like oh hell yeah I forgot about this toy dad uh, his tastes not to get too far off topic his tastes have evolved to Yo Gabba Gabba Paw Patrol Shaf uh, and Baby Shark Baby Shark <laughs> Baby, <laughs> Baby Shark is his big thing right now. Uh, and Bubble Guppies, of course. Bubble Guppies, a classic. But those, those are his, his big guppies. ones. Also, you know what he likes? And it's really lucky because Dad also really likes it. I'm going to tell you what he likes. The Aquabat Super Show, my dude. <laughs> He'll sit down and watch the Aquabat Super Show. Shout out to friend of the show, the Aquabats. Uh, would recommend their albums and TV show. 
<laughs> anyway. What, what um, channel would you watch the Aquabats show on? The Aquabats uh, show is, they, they're not making new episodes right now. They're, they've made new, like, mini-sodes, but they're all available on the Aquabats YouTube channel, Sean. Every episode. Um, okay. Okay. All right. All right. In well, full, shop. Fantastic. Well, that was a little detour, but uh, back on the Trolls World Tour, um, we've got that movie that we saw. The next movie we saw, Jay and Silent Bob Reboot, um, which I <laughs> felt like I was tortured uh, to go see. Uh, um, that was a rough one. <laughs> and I think Jay and Silent Bob Reboot technically came out around the end of 2019 true but then wasn't made available or it was a very limited release at the end of 2019 i i believe and wasn't made widely available till the beginning of 2020 that's so we're counting it that's correct um also on disney plus artemis fowl uh which had been delayed and delayed and delayed finally came out and we watched that uh and then at long last i mean what 20, 30 years later, uh, Bill and Ted sequel, Bill and Ted Face the Music, uh, was available to watch Mm -hmm. on Amazon Prime. So uh, checked that movie out. And then Netflix brought us Project Power, uh, Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon-Levitt movie um, about uh, swallowing a pill that gives you superpowers for five minutes. Um, And you don't necessarily know what power you're going to get. Life is like a box of super-powered pills. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> oh, this one? We didn't review this one. Brava. Brava. I put I wrote down Palm Springs so I didn't forget that I ta- that it was a movie that I really liked this year. Okay. <laughs> but I, I talked about it briefly, but we didn't review it. Okay. Officially. I still have to see this movie. I still have to see this movie. But yeah, Darth Vibbert mentioned it on his little portion too. Yeah. Palm Springs. This is a Hulu movie featuring Andy Samberg um, and uh, some chick that I don't know her name, but um, it was involving <laughs> sort of like a, a like a time loop situation, right? It's a it's a Groundhog's Day type story. Yes. Okay. Okay. Cool. If you've so, seen Groundhog's Day, you you'll get the premise of Palm Springs. Dig it. Okay. I'm definitely gonna watch this because I I have yet to see it, and now you've you've uh, it's like re in, in the front of my brain. Now I can remember Palm Springs. Palm Springs. I gotta I gotta watch Palm Springs. Uh, Console Wars, which was actually um, I believe this was on. CBS All Access, but we found a way to watch it on Amazon Prime. But it was a, a really interesting documentary sh- uh, movie about Sega and Nintendo and the big console war involving Genesis, Super Nintendo, and all of that. So um, there was that. And then Borat 2 debuted on Amazon Prime. And then finally, uh, only what, four or five years after it was completed, The New Mutants... <laughs> made its debut uh we got to watch that uh which that probably i think that's one of the one of the biggest surprises of 2020 is that we were actually able to watch new mutants um and then uh to close out the year our last episode we reviewed wonder woman 1984 um yes so Now, for this segment, because we reviewed a fair amount of movies, um, we are not only going to pick um, and talk about maybe our top five best movies 
reviewed this year, but also talk about the top five worst movies reviewed this year. We're going to pick our favorites and we're going to decide as a podcast duo, what is the podcast geeky award for best and worst movies reviewed this year. So Wonder Rob, I'm going to let you go first. Yeah. Tell me. Okay. Start with, start with the best category. What are your top five best? Okay. Let's do it like this. I'll tell you, I'll give you my from five to one. Okay. I'll tell you mine and then you tell me yours and let's just go back and forth. And just to clarify on the worst, I only picked the worst one. (laughs) I didn't make a, a list of the top five worst. I just picked my worst Oh, least okay. favorite movie this year. That works. Um, but so for number five, best movie that we reviewed. Keep that in mind. This isn't the best of 2020. This is the best of a small sampling of movies <laughs> <laughs> that we reviewed. This might be controversial pick, Shaf. I feel like it's going to be. But I gave my number five spot to Birds of Prey. Wow. Birds of Prey, Shaf. Now, I did. I didn't hate that movie. If you go back and listen to the episode where we review it, uh, I, I stand by my opinion that I didn't say it was a bad movie. And there were there were moments in it that I did enjoy, but I wouldn't put it at the top of my list by any means. But as uh, you listeners heard, well, we don't have a lot to choose from. <laughs> <laughs> this year and to be perfectly transparent none of the, uh, the vast majority of the movies that we did review this year not didn't really blow me away i feel like a lot of the movies that we didn't get to review probably would have been on my list <laughs> oh yeah uh, if a worldwide pandemic hadn't happened but i don't gotta explain myself to you guys <laughs> but i am giving it number five to birds of prey like i said i don't think it's a bad movie necessarily i think it got I think it kind of got dealt a shitty hand with marketing and just the the SJW haters and yeah, I just I don't think it really performed as well as it probably could have, but I still liked it. I still liked it. So I'm giving my number 5 spot to Birds of Prey, you guys. Okay. So now I'm going to go to my number 5, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Cool. So my number 5 also a controversial pick. Um, I was a little bit hesitant about putting this one here, but just in the scope of the movies that we saw, like you said, we didn't have a whole lot to pick from, um, my top five or my number five in the top five of best movies reviewed this year is the new mutants. New mutants. (laughs) Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot that you didn't particularly hate on that. No, I didn't. I actually, (laughs) I actually mildly enjoyed this movie. I appreciated it for what it was trying to do and what it was. Um, it bothered me that it was even sort of an X-Men movie, even though it kind of wasn't, even though it kind of was like it didn't need to be anything related to Marvel characters at all. And it's, st- I think it would have made it more enjoyable, like just the concept of it. So but I appreciated it recognizing it for what it was and knowing that all this time has happened and all the various like, uh, turmoil surrounding the the this movie, the characters, the the script, whatever, the studios disagreeing over blah blah blah. Like the sheer amount of release date changes that it's gotten, it's hardly a terrible film. And I really wanted to hate it, but I couldn't. I couldn't hate this movie. So <laughs> it's 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 my number five. It's my number five. 
Oh man, despite the 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 giant mutant bear <laughs> and everything, it made it, it made it on your list. All right, I respect that, Chop. <laughs> I don't agree with it, but I respect it. Uh, I gave my number four spot to a Borat too. <laughs> now. We talked about this one really recently, so I won't dive too too deep into things because I'll probably just repeating a lot of what I said. But this this movie was just just what we needed at just the right time. I feel uh, I found it very interesting all the all the work they had to do to get this actress in particular. I'm talking about the Giuliani scene where they had to. They had to get her the credentials. They had to jump through all these hoops to get her in the room with Rudy Giuliani in a situation that could have gone south so fast and oh, did yeah. go. It did go pretty south, <laughs> pretty fast. Yeah, his hands as went we all pretty saw. Far south. <laughs> exactly, but it could. I mean, it could have been so much worse. And so, just thinking about all this behind the scenes stuff that they would have had to do to to make this happen. Sasha Baron Cohen just being on the sidelines, just ready to hop in, should anything go to hell. And that the whole narrative of the movie essentially is being written as they're doing these scenes because they don't really know what what direction these scenes are going to be taking. And so they just sort of made up the movie as they went, and it still turned out to be that funny. It was... I, I really liked it, and and my favorite scene in particular. I won't get too into it because it's graphic. But I think the absolute hardest I laughed during this movie was during the uh, the father daughter dancing sequence. <laughs> I knew you were gonna that say that. Had me rolling. That had <laughs> tears coming out of my eyes. That sequence, and so it's it's more Borat, you guys, and it's very nice. So I gave my number four to Borat. <laughs> oh man that was a surprise i did not think that was going to make your your top five list okay um all right my number four uh also has a four in the title because it's wonder woman 1984 oh yeah now we recently reviewed this and for those fellow geeks that recall i didn't hate this movie i didn't love this movie um, and, and actually thinking about it more and more after the fact, even after we stopped recording the episode in like the week that followed, I have found more problems with it, <laughs> but I can't help but enjoy it. Like I still like it. And I especially really liked Pedro Pascal's performance because he's so over the top as Max Lord that it almost like forgives a lot of the really terrible sins that the, the movie commits during its narrative. So um, I think it really does Diana Prince, uh, AKA Wonder Woman wrong. She does things that are totally wrong for her character. Her, her um, decisions she makes are very much against what a super uh, uh, hero like herself would do. I was going to say super heroine, but every time I think of heroine, I think of just like, am I saying a drug? Is there a better way to say heroine? <laughs> Super no, you got it right. Her I think they're pronounced the same. Her Heroin. Heroin. <laughs> heroin. Super heroin. It's way yeah, better than regular heroin. heroin. <laughs> <laughs> It'll get you totally taken care of in a heartbeat because you'll be dead. No. Um, yes. So Wonder Woman 1984. A lot of problems with it, but for some reason, I really enjoyed it. Probably because it takes place in the 80s and I love the 80s. So. 
My boy loves the 80s. All right, all right. I gave my number three, my number three spot to Console Wars. Console Wars. Interesting. Granted, this movie's speaking to me directly and, and uh, classic vintage video game lovers out there. But when I was a kid, Shaf, I mean, you and I are virtually the same age. We're just, I'm just like a, like a, the, the scotch older than you. Yeah. So you know that you can relate to this. But when I was a kid, Shaf, all we would talk about on the schoolyard was Nintendo versus Sega. The The console wars were real. Oh, yeah. Sega would have the commercials. Uh, Sega does what Nintendo don't. <laughs> they'd be talk they'd be touting their blast processing which was just a oh a word a phrase they made up shaf but i'd be like no sega's bad doesn't have mario you guys mario <laughs> like i really i was just like loyal to the brand uh but i d- secretly deep down wanted a sega um and i i found the documentary very very interesting uh of course, the the documentary really features Sega as the underdog in this story versus the the bigwigs Nintendo, and so it's mainly following the likes of Sega. But even still, even though I was a Nintendo boy, I was secretly a Sega fan, and this movie just spoke to spoke to little old little old Bobby. <laughs> That's what I went as when I was younger, uh, Shaf. Really, uh, you went as Bobby? I was Bobby. I was Bobby, my man. Um, and I feel I'm I'm an adult now, obviously. So I'm gonna I'm going by Rob. But I feel like when I get fifty or older, I'm switching it to Bob. <laughs> I think I'm gonna be a Bob. I've, but I know you only know one Bob. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> unrelated to anything I've just said. But Console Wars. Console Wars, Console Wars, Console Wars. Would recommend great documentary, especially if you're a fan of uh, classic Sega, classic Nintendo. Do watch it. Console Wars. Very good. Very good. Well, um, my number three pick, not surprising because we are best friends, Console Wars. Whoa, you put it in the middle. Right there in the middle. Yeah, I totally agree. This was a really enjoyable documentary. Uh, When we first agreed to watch it, I was kind of like, oh, this will be interesting. But I didn't think I would love it as much as I did. It was a really entertaining watch. And for a documentary, like, to say it's entertaining, that's kind of a weird thing. Like, usually you don't say documentaries are entertaining. But this one, the way it was structured, it really started out. And you're right. It was very heavy-handed on Sega's side. But... About a little more than halfway through the the um, the movie itself, it kind of flipped gears and it showed you from Nintendo's point of view, and so you got a, a mostly balanced uh, um, representation of what went down in the '90s, uh, well, in the '80s and the '90s related to these console wars. So I, I dug it, totally dug it. So absolutely number three for me. Excellent. Now my number two movie of 2020. Uh, I'm putting this as, uh, I was going to say dark horse, but I don't think that's the right term, but it is, it is an unexpected, an unexpected, uh, contendee, Shaf, considering we didn't officially talk about it on the, the podcast, but I'm giving my number two movie to Palm Springs, Shaf. 
Palm Springs. Wow. Now, I did talk about Palm Springs briefly, but we didn't officially review it on the podcast. But I really liked this movie. Of course, it's got my boy, Andy Samberg. Everybody knows I'm an Andy Samberg uh, fan since way back. Since when the Lonely Island were just was just doing uh, YouTube videos and were on Channel 101. Back when they were the style boys. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, but it is a, it's a Groundhog's Day type movie. Andy Samberg's character, you know, he's a, he's living his day over and over the day of a wedding, uh, and his he's just given up essentially. He's got J.K. Simmons coming after him, trying to kill him. Uh, I won't get into it too much more than that. Shot yeah, no spoilers. You just said. Yeah, you just said you were interested in watching this, so I'm not going to get into too much more plot details because it'll take away a lot of this movie. I think this is a really good movie to go into knowing the least amount of information as possible, Uh, aside from the fact that it's a Groundhog's Day type movie. So I'm not going to say anything else, but I did enjoy it so much that I'm giving it my number two spot. So Palm Springs, number two. Check it out. It's on Hulu for free if you have a subscription. (laughs) <laughs> all right, all right. Well, um, my number two movie uh, is actually the first movie that we saw. No, I'm sorry, the second movie that we saw and the last movie that we saw in the theaters, Sonic <gasps> the Hedgehog. What? Yeah. Sonic the Hedgehog. I really enjoyed that movie. When I went into it, I was thinking to myself, because just like you, Wonder Rob, I was a Nintendo boy. I did, we were a family of Nintendo products, all right? Um, We did not have a Sega. I had to go to a friend's house for a Sega. In order to play anything Sonic related, in order to do any road rashing, uh, Echo the Dolphin, all that stuff, that was only if I visited my uncle, Carrie, or went to a friend's house. So, didn't get a lot of opportunities to play Sonic, was not very good at playing Sonic as a result, but I always admired the Sonic character. So then when I saw the movie, I'm like, I'm kind of dreading the movie, especially knowing all the issues that they went through with the first trailer and the meltdown that the fan base had because Sonic looked nothing like Sonic. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had uh, quite the field day with that one, if I remember oh, yeah. correctly. Oh, yeah. So, so going into this... You know, we were kind of like, what's it going to be like? Like, is, are we going to enjoy ourselves? But it had Jim Carrey. It had James Marston. Um, and I really enjoyed it. And I thought Jim Carrey was was absolute bonkers Jim Carrey to the best. And he was, he was to the max. And I fully appreciated his commitment to the character as Dr. Robotnik. Um and the it, clearly it did well enough in the theaters that we're getting a sequel and we're going to see Tails and we're probably going to see Knuckles and uh, and who knows what else. And Jim Carrey will likely be back for that too because mm-hmm. uh, the way they left things off, it seems like he'll be a, a contender in, in the future still. So, uh, But I really was surprised how much I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was really well put together, very fun, uh, very light, a nice comedy, and... Uh, um, that's why it's my number two. All right. I like it. I like it. So here we are, Shaf. My number one, my number one movie of 2020 was a movie that I was looking forward to uh, for quite a while, for quite a while. 
And when it finally hit, although it wasn't perfect, it surely did not disappoint, Shaf. And so I'm giving my number one movie of 2020 that we reviewed on Geek So To Speak, Bill and Ted. Face Bill the music. And Ted face the music. Bill and Ted face the music, Shaf. Now let me tell you why I'm giving this movie my number one spot. This movie did not suffer what we were all afraid of. We've seen sequels to movies come out years later that we've all been excited for and that we've all been disappointed by. Think... Uh, Zoolander 2, Shaf, or think Anchorman 2, or think Dumb and Dumber 2. Movies that we love, the originals, I mean. Movies that we love, and then they come out with a sequel, and we're we're on the hype train. And yeah, they're all right, but they just don't, they're, they're missing that spark. You know, they're just missing that special something that the first one had. So, of course, we were... Looking forward to Bill and Ted Face the Music. We talked about it. We even did a Bill and Ted retrospective to get you all caught up, Shaf. <laughs> and Bill and Ted Face the Music came out, and the spark was still there. Yeah, it's like 30 years later, but Keanu Reeves is still the perfect Theodore Logan. The other guy, <laughs> he was a perfect Bill as Preston Esquire. <laughs> Alex Winters, that's his name. I just had a, a total brain fart on Alex Winters. Um, they brought back everything that we love. The the tone, the, the feel was still there. We got to see death again. We got a, an interesting story with Bill and Ted's daughters. Bill and Ted trying to save their marriage. Eat a, Bill and Ted from the future trying to screw Bill and Ted from the past. <laughs> It, it had everything. It was a great movie. It's, it was a worthy successor of the Bill and Ted franchise. And I stand by that opinion, and I stand by my number one movie of 2020, Bill and Ted Face the Music. All right. Well, I, I wonder, Rob, I think you're going to be surprised by my pick, and I think you're going to be pleased because I also picked Bill and Ted Face the Music. Yeah! <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. This, this okay. So I agree. This movie is far from perfect. Um, there definitely were moments where I was like, "Oh, okay." I mean, we kind of some of it was predictable, but I will tell you that I have not laughed harder from a movie this year than while watching uh, Anthony Kerrigan as Dennis Caleb McCoy. Oh, yes. The robot. <laughs> the assassin robot who is like super insecure. <laughs> and the moments that he's on on the screen, I I was absolutely I was dying. I was dying laughing at everything that came out of his mouth. Um I thought it was a perfect sequel in in the ways that it handpicked stuff from the first movie, Excellent Adventure, from the second movie, Bogus Journey. And then also brought in a new uh, a new feel for it, like you were talking about, bringing in the fact that they have aged, understanding that that time that time distance that has happened. Their 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 children, both their daughters, and played brilliantly by those two uh, actresses. Um, amazing job by both of them. 
Um, it was a lot of fun. It was exactly what it was supposed to be. And for that and the amount of time that we've waited for it, that's why it's my number one. Excellent. So is it safe to say, Shaf, that the Geeky Award for Best Movie of 2020 goes to Bill and Ted Face the Music? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Definitely. Congratulations, Bill and Ted uh, Face the Music. No, they're not here to accept their award, Shaf, but uh, of course, we'll have the, the corrections department accept the word on their behalf. So, thank you, Corrections Department. <laughs> All right. Put that on your shelf. It'll look good. Now, let's talk worst. Okay. Worst movies that we reviewed in 2020. According to Geek So To Speak, that is. Um, now, I didn't make a top five shelf of this. I just, I straight up picked my least favorite thing, the thing that I had to slog through, the thing that I had to power through. To this, to, for 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 our opinions, for our review, and let me tell you, there were a couple of stinkers this year, Shaf. <laughs> yeah, there were a couple of stinkers, but after uh, thinking about it long and hard, <laughs> I am tossing my vote into the proverbial hat for worst movie of 2020. Artemis Fowl. <laughs> Artemis Fowl. Oh, now, this dang. movie was su- was such a chore to sit through. <laughs> I, I remember, I remember wishing that the movie would end. It's got, it's got all, it's got all the ingredients for me to not like it. Number one, it's got Josh Gad, who I'm not particularly a fan of. Number two, it's got Josh Gad doing a weird voice, doing that Josh Gad voice. That he does the whole movie. Um, it's like Bobcat Goldthwait's voice, but worse. Um, <laughs> but it's the same thing. Like, it's a voice where you know he's putting on a voice. Right. But he's, he's doing it. Um, it has this kid who's who's supposed to be the smartest kid in the world and a, a, a super secret spy agent type kid who shows none of these qualities... Except for being a little arrogant POS. <laughs> um, the the CG was bad. The story was boring. I I can't I can't even think of one positive thing to say about this movie. And I don't and I I'm confident that when we did review this movie, the official review that I also didn't have much in the, the positive realm to say sure. about this movie. So sure. I am giving my vote for worst movie of twenty twenty to Artemis foul okay okay well um the movie that i chose that is the worst movie reviewed this year is a movie that featured a character who was able to swallow dirt and create tunnels and the dirt would basically somehow move through his digestive tract and out his ass and this is a Disney movie. So the character of Josh Gad in Artemis Fowl legitimately is eating <laughs> dirt and shitting it out in a Disney movie. And we're seeing it happen. And it's supposed to be cool, not 
weird, creepy, and disgusting. Uh, but yeah, no, for all the reasons you said, for the reason I said, there is no redeeming quality to this movie whatsoever. It is absolutely foul. It is terrible. The very worst movie of 2020 is Artemis Fowl, in my personal opinion. (laughs) (laughs) It makes me so happy. A little disappointed that we don't get to debate terrible movies. The same thing. We're totally in alignment. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? It it also makes me. uh, It does make me happy. So I think it's safe to say, Shaf, that the Geeky Award for Worst Movie of 2020 goes to Artemis. (laughs) Now, Wonder Rob, I just want to say the uh, close contenders on my list, because I did make a top five. Okay, I had it. I had, for number five, I had Project Power. Number four, I had Onward, which Uh I really didn't enjoy that. Um, Birds of Prey was in my number three. Ooh, and I put it on my best. Yeah. And here's a movie I thought this was going to be in your best list. Because I know what what you uh, how much you enjoy the View Askew Askew universe, but Jay and Silent Bob reboot was my number two worst movie of 2020. I thought that was going to be in your best movies category. Uh, No, as you recall, or you may not recall actually, but it wasn't. I think I think it had a lot going for it to start, but then it just got too meta, too too self referential. And by the end, I was just rolling my eyes. And too much Harley Quinn Smith. I'm just going to put that out there. Thank you. I don't think she's a particularly great actress. Uh, good. I mean, great. If my dad was a movie director and would put me in movies, too, I would be all over it. So I'm not going to knock her for the nepotiz. But at least <laughs> take some acting classes. Yeah. Ugh. God, she she grosses me out too. Just just looking at her, she grosses me out. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I didn't go that far, everybody. <laughs> send send uh, your comments to geek so to speak podcast at gmail <laughs> regarding shop comments about Harley Quinn Smith. <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right. So Wonder Rob, you you've got the next one. All right, all right. So we're going to talk about TV. We're going to talk about TV now. We didn't get into a whole lot of TV, or at least compared to how many movies and TV, excuse me, movies and video games that we watched this year. So we don't have quite as much of a list as we do compared to those. But we did still review some TV this year, Shaf. And so rather than doing a top five on this one, I think we're just going to do our favorites and our least favorites, and then we'll divvy out those awards based on that. Sounds so, good. Let's talk about what we looked at on the boob tube this year. Uh, First and foremost, we reviewed The Mandalorian. Well, and when we say review, I mean, of course, we gave our first impressions of The Mandalorian Season 2 when it came out. But, you know, we've been, at least one of us has continued to watch it and finish that show. I'll let you guess which one it is, listeners. Uh, We also started Star Trek Lower Decks. Uh, We watched Star Trek Discovery. We watched the beginning of season three, and at least one of us has finished season three. No, I have Uh, not, actually. Oh, I mean, not one of us has finished season three, but (laughs) we're still going to review it, you guys. We're still going to divvy out an award. Uh, We, of course, talked about The Boys season two. Uh, We talked about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., in particular, the series finale, where I watched the first episode 
of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And then I watched the very last episode of Agents of <laughs> S.H.I.E.L.D. And then decided to figure out, I was going to piece together the plot from there. And as I recall, Shaf, I wasn't far off <laughs> on piecing together the plot based on the first episode and the no, last episode. No, no, it wasn't bad. <laughs> it wasn't bad. Uh, we also, uh, early, early 2020, uh, we talked about Star Trek Picard. And we also talked about Crisis on Infinite Earths, which did technically start second to last week of 2019, but f- concluded the in the month of January on the CW in 2020. So, like I said, not a, not a lot of TV this year. Uh, we were a little limited, but we do have enough to talk about. So, Shaf, I'm going to switch it over. I'm going to switch it up. Tell me, what was your favorite TV of 2020? Well, before I tell you that, I just want to say how pleased I am that the majority of the, the shows that we reviewed were Star Trek. <laughs> That's true. Three of them were Star Trek. It's amazing to me. I mean, Star Trek at one point was not even on television. Like there was there was definitely a plenty of a gap between Star Trek Enterprise and I'm trying to even think what the next one would have been. Maybe it was Discovery. Um, but there was a huge gap of time when Star Trek was not on the air in any capacity. And so to now have three Star Trek shows that are sort of working out and with the plans for CBS All Access um, to have other spinoff shows like Strange New Worlds, which is going to focus on Captain Pike and and uh, and uh, Spock and all of them on the Enterprise and other stuff too. Like they've got big plans for Star Trek. So it's a good time to be a Trekkie right now. So there was a lot to enjoy this past year with Star Trek. So I'm super pleased about that. Um, but if I had to pick my absolute favorite TV show that I watched this year, I gotta go with the Mandalorian season two, man. Mandalorian. Yeah, it was epic. It was so good. It was a really, really solid season. They didn't have any missteps. Uh, Everything was very forward facing. It had a, a direct, uh, plot reason in sight. There was a lot of cool things that happened. I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't seen, but a lot of great characters who um, we haven't seen in a long time. They, they uh, We got to see them come back, they get them get featured. Um, this show is now spinning off into other shows based on characters that appeared on season two. So there's a lot that went down on, on Mandalorian that was really epic. And we finally got to know Baby Yoda's real name. So... Uh, uh, that's pretty epic too. Uh, and I'm going to share that because, you know, there, if you don't know that by now, then you just, you have not been wa- watching or reading or paying attention to any news whatsoever. But his name is Grogu. Grogu. <laughs> Good old Grogu. Yeah. All right. So, so but Mandalorian is my, is my uh, pick. Season two. All right. Well, it's interesting that you should pick the Mandalorian season two shop because you'll be interested to know that my best show of 2020 is also the boys season two shop <laughs> tricked you. You thought I was going to say the Mandalorian, but nay, nay, I said the boys, the boys season two. I got to tell you, shop. The Boys Season 2 hit me in just the right spot. And not just because... Actually, 
Before I talk about the boys, I'm going to go back and talk about The Mandalorian for just a moment. So we did have our first impressions of The Mandalorian when it first premiered. We talked about the first two episodes, and famously, just like I like to always say, is that I am going to wait until the season is over so I can just watch it all. Because if there's one thing I don't like, Shaf, it's having to wait week to week to watch a show. So, of course, I waited until the end of The Mandalorian Season 2, and then there was something, I'm not going to spoil it, because I know the certain listeners out there haven't gotten to the end of The Mandalorian Season 2 yet, but there's something big that happens at the end of Season 2, and of course, you know nobody on the internet can keep their mouth shut, Shaf, and so... It hit my ears, my mind was blown, but not blown properly. So, I haven't been super motivated to go back and finish The Mandalorian. Although, I gotta I gotta say, it is on my list. I do want to. It's not that I don't want to. I just haven't been super motivated. Um, but that being said, I still really liked what I did see of The Mandalorian. But, what I did watch all the way through Shaf and what we did review from top to bottom on this show was The Boys. The Boys, Shaf. This show hit me perfectly. It filled it filled a gap in my life this year, Shaf, because we didn't get any Marvel. So we didn't Wonder get Rob, what you're saying is you like uh, when boys fill your gap. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what I'm saying, Shaf. Okay, just want to be sure. I love it. We'll just put just put the boys right in that hole that I need, Shaw. <laughs> Wait, to... is this a sex thing? <laughs> then yes, I stick to it. <laughs> uh, no, you the gotta boys... pay the troll toll. <laughs> there you go. There you go. A toll is a toll, and a roll is a roll. And if we don't get no tolls, then we don't eat no rolls. <laughs> I made that up. Um, what was I even saying? Oh, we didn't get any Marvel content. Black Widow got pushed back. Uh, the Eternals didn't happen. We didn't even get the shows that we were promised. We didn't get WandaVision, Shaf. We didn't get uh, the uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. So I feel like our our superhero content was just missing. And then the here comes the boys. Just as edgy, just as raw, just as shocking as season one, if not more. And it and it just, on top of being a great show, it just filled that that need that I had for superhero content, and it really stuck out to me even more so because my wife had to endure me talking about how excited I was about this show, and she finally caved and said, "Fine, I'll watch it." So she went back and watched season one, and I rewatched season one with her, and then rewatched season two with her, and got to see it through the eyes of somebody who is not accustomed to superhero content like we are, and it made it even more enjoyable for me. And so that's why I'm giving The Boys Season Dose my pick for best TV show of 2020. But now we're at a crossroads, Shaf. Well, real quick, before we, uh, yeah, before we get into the worst stuff, so um, I wanted to say that some of my close contenders, the, the closest of contenders was The Boys Season 2. So 
it, we were almost in alignment. We were almost perfectly in alignment on this one too, but also, um, and I, I don't think you've watched this, but I highly encourage you to, I know it's on your list. Umbrella Academy. Umbrella Academy season yes. two came out this year and we didn't formally review it on the podcast. So that's why it's not part of the list, but I did watch it and I loved it. Um, I just didn't love it as much as Mandalorian season two. So, um, but that show is great. The music is awesome. Uh, the characters are a lot of fun. Um, so for our fellow geeks out there that haven't, you know, haven't yet tried, uh, umbrella Academy on Netflix, give it a shot. It's really enjoyable. And then also, uh, Marvel's agents of shield final season. So, um, I was a loyal agents of shield watcher since the inception of the show all the way through. So I've seen them, I've seen them take on everything, all the conflict they possibly could. So there was an emotional investment in watching this and seeing it through to the, to the conclusion. And I thought it was a very solid ending for the show. Um, and so for me, like that holds a place, like even if it's not the most amazing show, it had a lot of cool time travel elements, all the characters that I've grown with over the years. And, uh, uh, so that's why it was in my close contenders list. So moving on now, moving on. Wonder Rob, we're ready for some worse TV. Well, wait, wait, wait. We gotta we gotta crown a winner for oh, best TV show. You're so right. You're so right. Of 2020. I'm so used to us agreeing that I just uh, was ready to move on to the next category. <laughs> so I still I, I firmly stand that the boys season two should be the contender. I don't disagree with you on The Mandalorian because what I s did see of The Mandalorian, I did enjoy. And, of course, the big, uh, let's say the the climax to The Mandalorian would have knocked my socks off had I been unspoiled. But it's, it's going down a little peg based on that for me. So, I mean, I feel like, I feel like The Boys is just, it's it. It's it. But what are, what are your arguments, your counter-arguments? Well, well, here's I'm, I don't even know that I am going to counter-argument because here's the thing. The Boys Season 2 was a close contender for me. So clearly I definitely enjoyed it and it it was vying for first place in my list. Um, I think the only reason why I didn't put it at the top was because I did watch Mandalorian all the way through and following that storyline and seeing all these characters coming back into the fold or characters that we've never seen in live action finally appear. Um, and just like you said, that epic moment at the end of the season, um, I thought having uh, Giancarlo Esposito as the villain of the season, Moff Gideon, like excellent getting uh, cool features from like Katie Sackoff as, as Bo-Katan and uh, getting, um, Timothy Oliphant in there as Cobb Vanth. Like there were so many great moments and other ones that I'm not sharing just so that I don't spoil it for people. But there are so many great uh, moments of the show that Mandalorian etched just a little bit over for me. But okay, in the interest of best friendship and in the interest of a show that we both thoroughly enjoyed. I think, I think we have to agree that boys season two is probably the best way to go for the podcast. All right, folks. Well, I was going to say we, we might need to flip a coin, but uh, Hey, if you're going to concede under the, 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 the flag of best friendship, who am I to argue? So I think the best TV show of 2020 is going to the boys. Yeah. Woo! Perfect. Um, 
Let's talk worst. Let's talk wor- the, the what everybody's dying to hear about. Worst show. Again, I'll, I'll give the floor to you. You went first last time. I'll give you the first on this one. What was your least favorite so of 2020? I, here's, well, first of all, I think last year's winner was The Boys, season one, if I'm not mistaken, for the Geekies. <laughs> Corrections department, go back and check that for us, please. And I think the worst last year was Crisis on Infinite Earths. And my pick for this year's worst is Crisis on Infinite Earths, because even (laughs) though it had some moments that were good, particularly when Flash met Flash, that's probably like the best moment. Overall, it's a mess. It's a fucking mess of a show. Um, And that crossover was all over the place. So for that reason, and the fact that everything else was Star Trek, which I love, and really all the other shows were really good. So I think the very obvious pick of the worst TV that we've reviewed this past year, Crisis on Infinite Earths, the conclusion. <laughs> oh, wow, Shaf. Wow. Wow. Well, as far as my pick for worst of 2020, I picked Crisis <laughs> on Infinite Earths, Shaf. Yeah, uh, I agree wholeheartedly. The only I when I was going back thinking about all these shows that we talked about, the only thing I could remember about Crisis on Infinite Earths was Flash meeting Flash, which was pretty cool. But I can't I could not tell you anything else about Crisis on Infinite Earths. That's how much of a, a lasting impression this this series made on me, and simply based on the fact that. It, I can't remember a dang thing about it aside from Flash meaning Flash. It automatically won worst of 2020 in my book. So I think worst TV show of 2020 Geeky Award is going to Crisis on Infinite Earths. The world. <laughs> All right. All right. That, that Flash meaning Flash part was pretty cool. Um, I hope that there's something to that going forward with the multiverse for the Flash, Ezra Miller all that stuff. I hope they maybe, do something with it. Maybe they'll have that scene in the movie in uh in uh Flashpoint. That'd be cool. Who knows? Who knows, shop. All right. So, let's take a real quick break so we can tell these guys where to find us on social media and then when we get back, we'll be back with the best and worst video games of 2020, worst uh geek movie torture and maybe more? Question mark. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> We'll be right back. Hey, gang, it's Wonder Rob again. And Shaf's here, too. We just wanted to take a quick break to let you know where you can find us on social media. That's right. Catch us on Twitter at PC, where I'll be tweeting and retweeting all of the latest geek news. Also, find us on Facebook and Instagram at Podcast, where yours truly will be serving up those deliciously geeky posts, not to mention memes, trailers, articles, videos, and much, much more. While, of course, Shock celebrates his inner geek on Instagram with all kinds of geekgasm, oh, inducing pics and memes. <laughs> if you're enjoying what you're hearing, let us know. Find us and follow us, rate us and review us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. We got new episodes every week, so don't forget to tune in. Same geek time, same geek channel. And we're back. That's right, we are back. 
and we are talking about the Geeky Awards, the third annual Geekies. Now, uh, this category that we're going to bring to you right now is the best and worst video games that we've reviewed this year. Now, there were a ton of video games that came out, uh, video game systems that came out, uh, but specifically, we're going to be focusing on the games that we personally reviewed. Um, and uh, keeping keeping in mind that Wonder Rob and I do not have the same systems. Uh, he has a PS5, I have a PS4, uh, Pro, excuse me, it's a Pro. Uh, uh, we both have a Switch. Um, and uh, Wonder Rob also has an Xbox, and he has uh, his new uh, gaming computer, which he's been playing some stuff on too. Uh, so there might be some some differences in our list just purely because some games I couldn't play, some games he couldn't play, and we went from there. So, um, but there were a lot of great games that we did uh, review on the podcast, and I'm just going to kind of go down the list of the games that we talked about. First and foremost, and this was a game that I was not sure I was going to like. This was a game that uh, that when I first saw the trailers for, Wonder Rob was like, oh, you're going to love this game. This game is going to be right up your alley. You're going to have a blast. You, this game is going to be your, probably your favorite game. He's talking about Animal Crossing, New Horizons on Nintendo Switch. Um, I, I saw the trailers and I was like, why? What, what, what is the point of this game? Why are people, why would somebody <laughs> want to play this game? It's and, true. I showed you the trailer and everything, and you get and you ho hummed about it. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, and then the pandemic took full force, and Animal Crossing also took full force because it was probably the one video game that got us through those first months of the pandemic because we were very actively uh, renovating our islands and doing anything we could to not think about the fact that everyone around us was running around with a life-threatening disease and uh, we had to stay home and we had to be quarantined and everything else. So Animal Crossing came at a perfect time when it needed to. Uh, Other games on the list, we've got The Last of Us Part 2, which is a game that Wonder Rob played. I did not personally play, although while he was playing Last of Us 2, I was trying my hand again at The Last of Us Part 1 that Wonder Rob had gotten me uh, a few Christmases ago. And um, I got much further in the game, but it still um, gave me too many heart palpitations. So uh, that one was a tough one for me to play. (laughs) Uh, Wonder Rob has been all about Immortals Phoenix Rising, uh, recently, so he's been. Uh, he can talk more about that one. Um, but uh, Paper Mario came out on Nintendo Switch. That was a lot of fun, cool um, 2D platformer uh, with some 3D elements in it. Definitely fitting for the Paper Mario franchise. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Once we figured out how to pronounce it, we couldn't stop saying it. We couldn't stop talking about <laughs> it. Ghost of Tsushima came out on PS4, and we both uh, purchased that and played that uh, a bunch, although I can safely say that if a digital game could collect dust, it would be Ghost of Tsushima right now. I have not played it in a while. Um, Miles Morales, the new Spider-Man game, came out uh, recently, and uh, I know Wonder Rob has played it on PS5. I'm playing it on PS4 Pro. Then there's good old Cyberspunk 2077, a.k.a. Cyberflunk or Cyberchunk, um, anything but Cyberpunk. Um, 
Avengers came out. This was a Square Enix Crystal Dynamics uh, video game that came with a, a hefty dose of bugs and glitches uh, and not enough patches to fix the problems. Also, not enough extra content that they had promised. Um, then there was Hades. Uh, did you play Hades on Nintendo Switch? Yep, that was a Switch game for okay. me. Okay, so Hades on the Switch. And then uh, Super Mario 35, really interesting entry uh, in honor of the 35th anniversary of Super Mario, where you would play the NES version of Mario, and you would play it wa- with 34 other people. And as you were taking down Goombas and, and Koopa Troopas, they would end up on other people's screens. And it was just a frenetic, crazy game. Um, to see who would end up being the last man, the last Mario standing of the 35. So a lot of fun. Um, <coughs> and then uh, Mario All-Stars. So Super Mario 3D All-Stars, the collection, which included Super Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine, bleh, and Super Mario <laughs> Galaxy. And then to round it out, a game that we played on the PlayStation uh, Network uh, which was a lot of fun to do multiplayer. Not as much fun solo, but when Wonder Rob and I got together, this was a great game to play together, and that's Fall Guys. So, now that I've gone through the list, Wonder Rob. Ooh. Let's start with, should we start with the worst? You want to go with worst? Let's start with the worst. want to switch it up a little bit? Yeah, let's switch it up. All right. Well, okay, so just like before... Uh, well, you want me to go first? Make sure before I, I don't want to step on your toes here. Uh, just like the movies, I didn't make a top five list of my worst games. I just hoed and hummed and hawed about it and then decided my worst game after after intense reflection. Um, By the way, I can so, safely say there's no chance that you and I are going to agree on this one. This is this is a this is going to be a tough one for us to come to terms with because I know you and I have played different games. I know you and I had different opinions on certain games, and there's there's I can already predict there's no way that we are going to agree right off the bat on the worst on the worst game. game. Do you think you know what? Don't don't say anything. But do you think you know what my worst game is? Just off the top of your head, do you think you know what I'm going to pick? Yes, I do. Okay, I want you got honor system here. You got to tell me if you're right, because I'm awarding my my individual worst pick of 2020 to Square Enix's Avengers. I knew it. I freaking knew it. (laughs) (laughs) And now I really, really, really wanted to like this game, Shaf. I really did. We were on the hype train for quite a while. When it was announced, we talked about it. When the trailers were coming out, we were talking about it. And it came out. And it's it started with so much promise, Shaf. The game sure. starts, you're Kamala, Kamala Khan. Her name's Kamala Khan. <laughs> I can say it right. Only took three times. Um, you're, you're at an event. The Avengers are being... Uh, awarded something i don't remember the the context of the story but the the opening level of course is uh laying down the foundation you're kamala khan you're meeting all the avengers and then a terrorist attack happens and the game starts and it's just action it's just balls to the wall action right off the bat shop your thor swinging around your hammer 
You're the Hulk bouncing around on a broken bridge, slapping people out of the sky. You're Black Widow. You're doing some hand-to-hand gun combat. Uh, you're Iron Man. You're Captain America. And I remember thinking to myself, man, this is fun. This is what it should be. They nailed it. Excellent. Just switching back and forth between people. Great. I love it. And then I kept playing the game. <laughs> See, that was the problem <laughs> right there, Shaf, that I kept playing the game. Because it goes back to Kamala Khan. Again, nothing wrong with Kamala Khan in particular. But the, the missions are end up being more focused on the one individual character. So, okay, I'm playing Kamala for quite a while. And then I... Then I got to the Hulk, and I'm playing Hulk for a little bit, and then eventually I got past the Hulk, and I got to Iron Man. But you would you would get these scenarios where you're, in order to progress in the game, you have to pick these missions, these grindy missions where you're either you're picking one character that you've unlocked, and you're just gonna the mission is go to. Uh, point B from point A and stand there until you're king of the hill. Don't die. And then the next mission is, okay, do it again. <laughs> and then the next mission is, okay, do it again, but this is a different map. And it just got boring real fast, Shaf. For me, anyway. And th- But then but then we, we said, okay, we, we need to play some multiplayer on this. Because we wanted to, we wanted to give it the Benny of the doubt, and although we didn't talk about, the, I don't think we talked about the multiplayer when we initially reviewed the game. But you and I did play some multiplayer after the fact, and it wasn't bad. And we played with, did we play with Darth Vibbert? No, um, he wasn't available that night. He wasn't available. Yeah. Okay, we got it. Sorry, Darth Vibbert. Maybe it would have been better. Maybe I would have enjoyed it more if the corrections department had been there. But even, even still, there was limited. Uh, limited fun in the multiplayer because we hadn't unlocked characters we hadn't unlocked areas in the map um and you could unlock areas in the map if you wanted to spoil the story uh which we didn't but ultimately this one just fell off my radar real fast uh i've still got it i've never gone back to it uh but the the fun it went from zero to 60 and in one second in terms of fun and then it just went down to a snail's pace for me so that's why i'm giving avengers worst game of 2020 wow and i don't want i don't want to shop i wanted to enjoy this game but i couldn't (laughs) well here's the thing wonder rob is you stopped playing the game and i can't blame you because i almost did the same thing if you recall, and if our fellow listeners recall, I encountered a basically game-breaking glitch that stopped me from getting any further in the storyline because uh, Kamala was just glitching out up on the, the bridge of the helicarrier. The missions were not opening at the mission, like, war table, so there was no way I could continue on. So... I was I was stuck and and there was no patch coming out to fix it and I couldn't even find anything online from other like people who were complaining about various bugs that someone was having the same issue as me like yeah. so I was like is this ever going to get solved and so um I I talked to And I didn't believe you remember yeah. I was like I was convinced that you were just not doing something <laughs> like, have you tried until pressing? you yeah, yeah until you finally uploaded the video yeah 
<laughs> you t- you did a you took video capture from your PS4, and I was like, oh okay, he's not lying. Yeah, and I think it- <laughs> well, not lying. Lying's the wrong word. It just I felt like you weren't you just weren't exploring enough. Yeah, and it may actually. <laughs> but you you showed me. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is actually on our Twitter account. Uh, if you scroll back, far it might enough. still be. Yeah, it might still be there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I had that huge problem. So I had to restart the game from scratch redo the really fun mission at the beginning and then dredge through the same missions over and over again that were already super boring to begin with. And that was my first time playing them. Now I'm playing them a second time and they're even more boring. But here's the thing, Wonder Rob. You Mm -hmm. should have stuck with it because the game does pick up. Once you uh, reunite all the Avengers and you get them in costumes that don't involve... uh, t-shirts and jeans and uh and and wearing air force helmets and like shoddy iron man gadgets that are supposed to be your iron man armor like once you get them looking like the avengers the missions get more fun they get more involved you actually have the avengers around you helping you out it feels more inclusive um and then there are some missions that are just balls to the wall fun and the boss battle the final boss battle is really enjoyable really enjoyable and uh for that reason it's definitely not my worst so it's not my worst video game of 2020 but i will tell you what is and this is not going to come as any surprise you'll probably be able to guess this okay i'm making my guess as your worst right now (laughs) okay and i'll tell you just like you did me my pick for the worst video game reviewed this year has got to be Cyber Flunk. I knew it! <laughs> I thought you were going to say Cyber Spunk, but I knew it! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Cyber Cyberpunk 2077, I really wanted to like. Um, I wasn't mega hyped about it from the get-go, but I was excited about it being like the next big game. It was supposed to be like the game. We've waited years and years for this thing to come out um cd cd project red had been working on it for quite some time uh clearly they had some some hits i haven't personally played these but wonder rob was mentioning the witcher series uh cd project red uh was the developer for correct yeah yeah so so they they have proven themselves to be a video game developer that's that's worthwhile and this game for many is a lot of fun and many people enjoy it but for me (laughs) playing on the ps4 pro knowing that the graphics are only so good, experiencing tons of glitches, tons of bugs, tons of lag, tons of moments where the textures are like just polygons and they take a moment to load like in front of me. Um, I, I, I found myself wondering like, why am I playing this game? There are plenty of moments where I'm like, I know I'm just trying to get to the next point just so I can feel like I've made it through the prologue. But I played... 10 plus hours and I still wasn't through the prologue. (laughs) Like I still hadn't seen the title screen. And to this day, I'm still not through the title screen. Oh man. So, well, cause you, uh, you, you, uh, took up or you took them up on that refund. Well, but here's the thing I did, but I still have yet to receive the refund. So the game is still installed on my console. I haven't touched it because I don't want them to be like, oh, well, you're still playing it. We're not going to give you your money back. Um, 
but I haven't gotten any kind of a decline saying, no, they're not going to do it. They just thanked me for the submission. And it makes me wonder if anybody's gotten their refunds yet. I think that maybe yeah, I have no to look one into that. Has. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe that'll be the ongoing theme for uh, 2021 on Geek, so to speak. Has Shop gotten a cyberpunk refund yet? <laughs> <laughs> I hope I get it. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know what? Um, I continued to play cyberpunk. Um, but I'll tell you, I, I get. I gave Cyberpunk the rating of Cyberspunk, which was the uh, impromptu <laughs> rating system that we came up with. Uh, was it Cyberspunk or Cyberflunk? And then you said, no, it's Cyberchunk. <laughs> uh, but the further I played it, Shaw, I don't, I don't know if I've told you this, but I was getting bored. Yeah. I was getting bored, Shaw, and, and the game was still just as glitchy. Of course, I was playing it on PC, um, so it wasn't as bad as the console versions, but it was still glitchy. Um, and the further I got into it, I mean, you have your, you have like your, your skill trees and stuff like that, but it was convoluted. I would go through the skill trees and be not really find myself motivated to be upgrading any one particular thing. Uh, and so I would just sort of like haphazardly upgrade. Well, let's upgrade this or upgrade that. Even though I'd be hearing people do reviews like, oh, I cyber cybernetically got my guy, you know, to the limits. And I'm, I'm tearing ass up and down the streets of Night City. Or, you know, I upgraded my stealth, which, you know, I'm a stealth boy. I like my stealth options. But the thing, the nail that was in the coffin for cyberpunk and don't get me wrong. I don't, I'm going to go back to cyberpunk. I want to, but I, I was just like, I need to stop this game for a little bit. Um, because there was something else beckoning to me, but I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, was I was playing one particular mission where I had to be sneaky to get into this warehouse and you're, you're hacking cameras, but there's only so much you can do before people spot you. But my character was running into this problem that was just an unannounced problem, meaning it was a gameplay feature that hadn't been mentioned before at all, nor a solution to this, but where my character would be overheating. It would say, "Over your character uh, is going to overheat, and a little bar would come up on, on the screen, and it would slowly count down, and when my when it would get to zero, my guy would just catch on fire, Shaw. Yeah. I know this. I know this mission. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's insane. <laughs> I was like, what is even happening? <laughs> <laughs> What's happening here? Uh, and I couldn't figure out the solution. And it was at that point I was like, you know what? I'm just going to stop playing this for now. So... It wasn't that I disliked the game because I still dislike Avengers more than Cyberpunk because Cyberpunk also had some interesting things going for it that I ran into, but I was still just like scratching my head on that. And so because of that, because simply because you dislike it so much and my initial review was up here, but then slowly my opinion was going downhill, just like Avengers. I'm going to go ahead and give it to you. Let's give the worst game of 2020 to Cyberpunk 2077. Wow. wow. And I put an asterisk 
behind that because I do intend to continue playing it. And here's something that you'll find interesting, Shaf. I was having a conversation with your arch nemesis, okay, Vactor. Uh, when Cyberpunk came out, he he beat Cyberpunk. After he beat Cyberpunk, I said, "Well, I said, tell me what you thought of it. Like, give me your real opinion on Cyberpunk. What what'd you think? I mean, obviously he had to have liked it because he played it end to end. But I wanted to know. Tell me, tell me your opinion of Cyberpunk and your arch nemesis factor. He says if Miles Morales hadn't come out, Cyberpunk would have been his game of the year. See, there you go, cementing his his position as my arch nemesis. I mean, <laughs> first of all. How does one beat this game? Because I mean, people put hundreds. There's a story. People put hundreds of hours in this game and have not even come close to beating it. Does 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 my arch nemesis have a job? <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> he does have a job and a wife and a baby on the way. Oh my gosh, the his video game playing is going to change. Uh, I hope he's. Uh, oh, he'll learn. For that. He'll learn. He'll learn. <laughs> He'll, he'll work around it like we do, but he'll learn. Um, but the simple fact that he said it would have been his game of the year, and he and I like a lot of the same stuff, and so that's that's what has me cautiously optimistic about Cyberpunk. So I am going to go back to it at some point, uh, but not until I finish the games that I really want to play right now. But all that being aside, I'm still going to grant you Cyberpunk 7077. 7077. <laughs> Worst game. All right, let's go. Let's have a little more fun conversation. Although it is fun to talk about the worst stuff, let's talk about the best stuff of 2020. Let's Shaw. do it. Uh, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you first crack at this. Okay. Since I I went first crack on my worst, so let's hear. Let's hear. Uh, what's your fifth best game of 2020? Fifth best game, Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, I all enjoyed right. this game a lot, and I do intend on going back to it. Um, like in just a lull, like if there's like a lull between games or maybe I'm just money's not there to go buy a bunch of other stuff. Like I'll go back and play more Ghost of Tsushima because there's so much to it. The map is freaking large and, um, I was really getting the hang of it. I was getting pretty good at the combat, but it's one of those games where if you like take some time away, it's hard to jump back in and play the combat. Like you have to like think about it some more. <laughs> so it's definitely not the best That's game of true. the year, but it was very enjoyable and I loved the samurai element. I thought it was a beautiful game, the cinematography of it, the way it's presented. Uh, the photo mode is unparalleled um, and yeah, it's good stuff. So definitely Ghost of Tsushima number five. All right. See, I like Ghost of Tsushima. I, the thing that took me a, a while to get a hang of was the the fighting stances. How you'd have to make sure you pick the right fighting stance before you went into a particular battle. Oh yeah. But the further along you get into the game, then the more options you have, like the stealth options and stuff like that, and that's that's when I was really starting to enjoy it. So good pick, good pick, Shroff. Thank you. Um. I gave my number five shop is a game that did come out in 2020, so it counts. Uh, but it came out at the very, very tail end of 2020, shop. I'm talking about my number five pick for 2020. I'm giving it to Immortals Phoenix Rising. Wow. Shop, which is also the game I am currently playing and the game that was calling to me that I really wanted to be playing while I was playing Cyberpunk. <laughs> 
And so it was all these things combined where I said, you know what, I'm going to put Cyberpunk aside for now. And I'm going to play Immortals Phoenix Rising. And and you know I love this game. I've been singing its praises to you in our, in our group chats. I've been telling you offline. This game is a lot like Breath of the Wild, but it's also just different enough, Shaf, to not be like, uh, what's the word, derivative? Right. I guess is the right word. To not be Genshin um, Impact? Is that the word you're looking for? Genshin Impact was also very similar, but it was way too anime. Like I said, I, I felt like if that game wasn't so anime, annoying anime voices, maybe I would have gotten further into that's it. That's not what you said. That's not you, that's not the words you used. You Isn't said, that what I used? What did I use? You said if I the game wasn't as weeby. <laughs> <laughs> well that's synonymous with <laughs> what i just used but you know what i'll go back it was very weeby it was too weeby for me uh in particular the voice acting so i i had to stop um but immortals phoenix rising i mean it's it's the same idea you're you're cast on this island you don't know where everything's at the game doesn't really hold your hand it's just like go go in any direction figure it out and eventually you get to a point where, okay, I know what I'm supposed to be doing here. I get, I know what I'm supposed to be collecting. I know what I'm supposed to be doing with these things I'm collecting to power up my, my stamina, my fighting style, uh, all sorts of stuff. Uh, but the art direction is really great. The story's great. It's, the voice acting is really good. Um, and it's really scratching that itch that I have because you know I'm, I'm a fan of those open world games, Shaf. And I, I thought about it. I The last three years, this year included, I've been ending the, the year and going head first into the new year with these open world games. Like two years ago, Shaf, it was Red Dead Redemption. I was playing that at the end of the year. Played it through the, the beginning of the year, the following year. And then last year, it was Death Stranding. And then I played it at the end of the year and mushed that into the beginning of the year. And now this one, Immortal Phoenix Rising. Played at the end of the year, smooshing it into this year. Uh, it's it's my genre. It's my jam, Shaf. And <laughs> I think if you, as an individual, Shaf, enjoyed Breath of the Wild, but certain aspects about it you didn't like, like the, um, oh, why am I blanking on it? The, the, the ancient walking animals. I totally just forgot what they're called. The dungeons. Uh, so far, I haven't run into anything like that in this game. So I, I think you would enjoy Immortals Phoenix Rising more than you enjoyed Breath of the Wild, personally. I really liked Breath of the Wild, but I will say, and this maybe this is just me, I found it to be super fucking challenging. Like, the difficulty on that game was surprising. But then again, I'm just, maybe it just wasn't my kind of game, and maybe I'm not very good at those kinds of games. Um, but all the crafting necessary and, and involved with it. Like to me, when a game has too much crafting focus, it makes it not as fun for me because it's too busy. It's too busy to play. So this game has crafting. It has upgrading your weapons, but it's a lot more streamlined, meaning you don't have to go through each individual thing and be like, okay, what am I going to make for food? Well, I have this, this, this. Essentially, when you're crafting in this game, it says, okay, these are the items you have. This is what you can make. Do you want to make as much of this as you can, or do you want one, two, three, or four? And this is what it does. So like, it, it definitely helps you a little bit more and takes the tedium out of it, uh, which I really like. Um, and 
I, I can't say this with 100% certainty just yet, but I might end up liking Immortals Phoenix Rising better than I liked Breath of the Wild, and you know I loved Breath of the Wild. It's true. Uh, it's, it's up there. It's a contender right now. I'm only giving it the number five spot because I'm still playing it, and there were so many other great games in the year, but I'm giving my number five to Immortals Phoenix Rising. All right. All right. Well, good choice. Um, I did not play this game, so I cannot I cannot vouch for where it fits in the list. But for me, my number four pick was a Nintendo Switch game. Uh-huh. It was a Mario game. Uh-huh. It was a paper Mario game. Oh, man, I thought you were going to say Super Mario Sunshine. <laughs> that was a terrible Mario impression, but... Mario Sunshine. Super Mario Sunshine! Woohoo! <laughs> uh, yeah, Paper Mario, man, that was okay. So I loved Paper Mario Thousand Year Door. That was a GameCube game. And that was um, probably one of my first, no, it wasn't my first introduction. I played it on um, N64, and I really enjoyed it on N64. There were elements of it on N64 that reminded me of Super Mario RPG, Legend of the Seven Stars. And, uh, and so I, I just, I really enjoyed it, but the reason why it's not further down on the list, why it's not closer to number one is because of the battles. Those battles Mm -hmm. are so repetitive in this game. Um, everything else about it is so charming and fun. Um, the way that the, the, uh, art choices that they make, even the dialogue is super funny. It's very witty. The back and forth. Um, there's a part where you end up befriending a babam and he doesn't have any memories of who he is or what he does. And so he doesn't know that he's like a bad guy. He's like a henchman. And so there's like a really like interesting dramatic irony and that's written so well. And even the boss battles are really fun. They're very dynamic and different, but the battles, just the running into a Goomba and it's starting off a chain reaction of these like turn-based battles. They try to make it more interesting because they make you have to align these uh, uh, circles to try to make your attacks more effective. But in doing so and also putting like a timer on it and stuff, it just doesn't make it fun at all. (laughs) It makes it very <laughs> grinding uh, to do that stuff. So the re- I haven't beaten this game, but I've gotten fairly pretty far in about probably about maybe 50 to 60 percent through the game. But I don't really want to go back to it anytime soon because I know that those battles are going to be so frustratingly boring and tedious. And I like I do my best to try to avoid any enemy attacks whatsoever just so I can <laughs> keep from doing any any battles. Um, but that, that's my reason why it's not number one, but otherwise it is a super fun, very enjoyable game. I played it many, uh, many nights, many hours. Um, it's been, it's a lot of fun. Nice. Nice. I like it, chef. I like it. Okay. Well, I gave my number four game of the year to Spider-Man Miles Morales. Ooh, I thought that would be higher. Now, just cause it's. I was going to say, just because it's lower on the list doesn't diminish how good it is. That's just how much I like all the games that I'm playing. Uh, meaning, the other games that I'm going to mention, I also really, really liked. They're all just, like, right next to each other in terms of enjoyment. Um, and I did have a hard time, 
sort of placing everything. But don't don't get me wrong. It's like Back to the Future Three and Back to the Future Two. Yeah, I love Back to the Future Two, but Back to the Future Three is almost as good. That's how I'm putting it. But <laughs> Spider Man Miles Morales. I mean, we we just reviewed this maybe like three or four episodes ago. But man, I really like this game. I mean, it's a little shorter. But I think I kind of liked that shot. Yeah, I agree. Like, I was able to just concentrate more on the story a little bit. And, yeah, there's lots of side missions. I 100%ed this game, my man, twice on, well, the regular mode and that new game plus. Um, I haven't, what's it called, platinumed? Because I haven't gotten all the achievements. But I have beat the game twice. Um, and I still find myself from time to time kicking the game on and just swinging around the town man and just doing some fights and just play it for like five minutes ten minutes just have a little bit of fun you know um but i really liked it i think i like it even better than the first spider-man game because it's also missing all the boring mj missions all the boring miles morales missions from the first game totally where essentially all you're doing is sneaking around doing nothing all the hacking sequences remember the hacking sequences (laughs) boring man like, and that game's great. Spider-Man PS4, the first one, is great, but it was brought down because of those things for me. But this game has none of that stuff. It's just all miles, all action, all the fun stuff smushed in this tiny little package. And I, I really, really, really enjoyed it. So, yeah, it's definitely on my top five of the year, but it's in particular, more specifically, number four for me. Love it. Love it. That's a good pick. It's, it's definitely in my list. It's not, it's not my number four, clearly. But my number three is Super Mario 3D All-Stars Collection. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, I mean, it's three games in one. So number three is a, an appropriate fit. Uh, getting a chance to play Super Mario 64 again on uh, on a big screen that's been, and the, the game has been, I don't want to say remastered, but it's definitely been improved on mm-hmm. its uh, on its overall uh, you know graphical quality. Um, I think it was bumped up from like f- four eighty to seven twenty or something like that for the the resolution. So it got it got better. Um, I got a chance to finally play Sunshine, and then I stopped playing Sunshine. Man, I still can't believe you didn't like that game. I was so positive that you were gonna enjoy it. No, I hated that game. That is really but of an course, awful game. I haven't played it since it was on the GameCube. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember really liking yeah. it. Yeah. I, I wanted to like it, but no, it's it's not a good game. Not, it doesn't even hold a candle to the other two. But my personal favorite of the bunch, Super Mario Galaxy. That game is so much fun. Um, I I beat... Did I beat it? Yeah, I did beat it. Now I'm just going back and getting all the additional uh, stars and whatnot. And I'm trying to get to whatever... that gets 120. Uh, I think I'm at like 101 or something now. I haven't played it in a while, but... It's a game that's easy to go back to and play. It's just one of those games. So um, definitely, definitely this deserves to be on a top five list. It's fantastic. I can't believe it's a game that's not going to be available after March 31st of this year. Uh, whatever they're going to do with it, yeah, I'm not so sure. Weird. Yeah, but um, but I'm so glad I, I have it uh, downloaded on my, on my uh, Switch because 
to me, this is like a perfect game to have on a travel type console when you're just like, let's say you are on a plane, let's say you are on a road trip, you got some time on your hands. It's easy to pop on a game uh, from the Mario's All-Star Collection. So, so glad Nintendo did this. Nice, nice, nice. All right. Well, I gave my number three spot shaft to a little game called Last of Us Part Two. The Last of Us Part Two. Wow. Now, it's no secret, Shaft, that I really enjoyed The Last of Us. It was another one of those situations where I was like, Shaft is going to love it. He has to. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but you know, it teach their own. No big, of course. I, you're not, you don't handle the suspense or the, the, I don't want to call it survival horror, but it's definitely like knocking on that door. Oh yeah. <laughs> like is the best way to describe it. But I mean, man, I really, really enjoyed last of us part two. Um, game's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Um, considering it's on, you know, seven year old hardware, it, and and it looks so much better than Cyberpunk does. <laughs> it's just it blows my mind. Uh, but the game the game is great. Uh, I really enjoyed the story. There were a lot of people out there who were real sort of butt mad about the the direction of the story um, and certain characters' uh, fates from the first game. Uh, but the way the story was set up, where you're you're playing. Ellie, the the protagonist, or excuse me, ant- antagonist. No, protagonist. Well, I'm getting it mixed up because it switches. So you're playing Ellie, and she's the protagonist, and you have this girl who is the antagonist, and then you're getting to the climax of the game where you're like, oh my god, what is going to happen? We're about to show down, and then the game just stops, and all of a sudden you're playing from the other character's point of view, you're playing from the antagonist's point of view, and now the antagonist is the protagonist, and Ellie, the protagonist, is the antagonist. Oh my gosh. And you're you're going through this path, and then you, the story comes to a head where you were before, and then you just it just takes off from there. I mean, I think I described this uh, game to you as like a pain simulator. or something similar like that where it wasn't fun to play exactly but it was fun to play like the story wasn't fun but the game was really fun is the best way i can describe it um it was a fantastic game i hope they make a third one i don't know where they could possibly take the story if they decide to um and and wanting to play a third one is really <laughs> weird because it, the game ends on such a downer. Bless you. Thank you. The game ends on such a downer. But man, I just want more. So I'm giving I'm giving my number three game to Last of Us Two. Wow, I really thought that was going to be your number one. It is. Like I said, these are all close contenders yeah. here, man. And and had such memorable parts. Like there's there's. There's scary, thrilling parts from the first game that just really stick out in my mind, and there are equally scary, thrilling parts in this game that stick out in my mind, too. Um, It's a great game. I'm looking forward to going back to it one of these days, because they uh, they released a a new game plus mode, and lots of um, customization to the game, not just to make it harder, but just to make things fun and weird, and just, like, really weird additions, and so I'm looking forward to getting back into that. Interesting. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't see the game being any harder <laughs> based on what you were telling me. I don't even, <laughs> I wouldn't even want to know what that looks like. <laughs> game sounded hard it's enough game. as it is. Um, all right, so my number two, sorry, I'm getting the sniffles here. Um, my number two would be Spider-Man Miles Morales. I really enjoyed this game. I totally agree with you on everything you said about it. Uh, it takes all the best parts about Spider-Man PS4 and improves upon them and then takes all the stuff that sucks about that game and removes it completely. The game is shorter, but I, I just like you said, I think it works to its benefit because then it allows the story to be so much more focused. Um, and every mission is deliberate. Everything is, is, uh, fine tuned and polished. Um, there's not an overabundance of villains. There's just the right amount. Uh, some returning some new ones, uh, some in, very interesting suits. Uh, I also really liked the dynamic of it being of it taking place during the winter time. That allowed for mm-hmm. a, a different approach on the costumes. It also was just a nice visual. It was something different um, because otherwise it would just feel like the same city, right? So like they found a way to make New York feel new again, even though it's just New York. Um, it's the exact same map yeah. as the first yeah. game. Yeah, so they found a way to do that. Obviously, there were some changes on the map. The Chrysler building is not in the game because they did not get the rights to it. Um, but for the most part, it's pretty much the same map. Um, I thought the graphics were pretty good on PS4 Pro, but seeing them on the PS5, seeing some of the photos captured on the PS5, oh my gosh, this is a beautiful, beautiful game. Um. So I, I am jealous of anybody playing it with all the ray tracing and all of the, the, the performance mode and everything like, oh, God, it's gorgeous, gorgeous. So um, because of that, because the boss battles were a lot of fun, because the final boss battle is requires just a lot of very intricate, very well-timed blocking and dodging and everything, it's, it's a very fun game with enough challenge to be interesting, but not to be um, too difficult that you just get too frustrated and stop playing. So, um, Miles Morales, number two. Nice, nice. Now, uh, my number two, Shaf, is a little game called Animal Crossing New Horizons. Wow, what's your number Animal- one going to be? Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> now, Animal Crossing New Horizons definitely wins the sub geeky award for most talked about game in 2020. <laughs> That's true. On geek, so to speak. And it, it hit at just the right time shop. I mean, the world just went to shit. And then the next week from the heavens, animal crossing came down and it was like, Hey, all, you know, all those things that you're, you're being quarantined and you can't go do just do them in this. and it it was so much fun man like it was just what we needed i think and and what i think really was good about that game and what really helped it be successful is actually i'm gonna take a step back something very interesting somebody had mentioned about the game i think somebody was talking about this on a different podcast but i wanted to point this out because i thought they brought up a very good point so this is not an original thought, but it is a very interesting thought, is that a lot of the the big contender games of this year, like the big, the big bad boys, 
and even most of them on our list, are games that are all based on violence. Like you're shooting, you're fighting, you're doing this and that. But there's none of that in Animal Crossing. It's true. And it and it was just, just so popular. It just like took over, man. You couldn't even get a Nintendo Switch for the longest time because Animal Crossing was so popular. Um, but what I was going to say before is that it was the perfect game, I think, for the the world situation the having to quarantine is because it only lets you do so much in the game at a time you the first soon as you open it up there's and start the game there's only like maybe three things for you to do and then it's like all right come back tomorrow and we'll keep doing this and then you finish all that stuff and it's like okay come back tomorrow and we'll we'll start we'll keep doing more and okay come back tomorrow maybe we'll get a new villager oh we did okay now do this for them come back tomorrow and it it plays that way for a while it's true before you get to the quote end game and you can just keep going and terraforming and doing all that stuff but man like this was a time sink and granted i'm not really into it as much as i used to be earlier in the year just because other games have coming out and i feel like i've hit a wall short short of starting the game over I've hit a wall in that game. And I, I think I am going to start it over. I, I've said that several times already. But eventually I'll start Animal Crossing over again. As soon as they let you do multiple saves, multiple different saves on one console. Uh, but man, Animal Crossing, so much fun. Uh, it was a great game. Oh, yeah. That's my number two. Wow. Well, we're definitely not going to agree because my number one is Animal Crossing. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like there is no other game that has captured 2020 like Animal Crossing has, because it's the only game that's made itself relevant consistently throughout the year. As soon as it debuted, it always found a way every month or every holiday to become relevant again. And no other game has even come close to matching that as far as from an interest level. And there are still plenty of people actively playing it super duper regularly. I got uh, my significant other, Sarah, into uh, Animal Crossing and she plays it more than I do now. <laughs> I've created a, an Animal Crossing monster. She, 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 When she looks at the clock and she sees that it's 10 o'clock or nine o'clock, uh, in the evening, she says to herself, oh, man, that means I can't go to Nook's Cranny. Or, or oh, man, I can't go to uh, to the Able Sisters Tailor Shop. Because she wants to go, every time she she plays the game, she wants to go to the, to the tailor shop, get a new outfit to wear for her that day on the island, uh, and then go and check what see what she can buy. And she is a completionist. Every time she plays, she clears off all the shells. She clears away any weeds. She picks up all the tree branches. She digs up all the fossils. She is like the perfect Animal Crossing player when she plays. Me, <laughs> now when I play Animal Crossing, I'm just lazy. Like I, I go to the shop. I go to the other shop. Maybe I grab like the DIY that's hanging out on the beach. But all the other stuff that's just laying around, I'm like, yeah. It's fine. <laughs> I don't worry about She'll it. She'll clean it yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's just interesting. But now I tune in. We tune in for all the the events. We tune in for the Christmas event, the, the Thanksgiving event, the New Year's Eve, which I was talking about earlier on this episode. Yeah. And we'll continue to do that. I mean, uh, we haven't played it much recently, but baby's been teething. It's been tough for us to have much time uh, to ourselves or each other. So, um, so we haven't really played much Animal Crossing. But... 
but we still both enjoy playing. We kind of wish that we could play together uh, at the same time in kind of a multiplayer mode. It's just not really a possibility right now, but uh, without getting another Switch, and we're not about to to do that for that reason. But, um, but yeah, man, Animal Crossing, I think as much as I like didn't understand it when the game was first, like before it came out, I, I get it. And you're right. It's, it was the perfect escape for what we were experiencing. And, uh, that's why I think it's the number one. I think it's gotta be the best of 2020. And I'm really curious if that game would have been as successful to the level of success that it reached, if there hadn't been a worldwide pandemic. It's a good question. But, I mean, I think the pandemic certainly helped. <laughs> oh, yeah. It <laughs> certainly helped. Um, all right. Well, then that just leaves my number one, Shaf. I've left you perplexed as what my number one game is. Uh, but I think once the words come out of my mouth, you're going to be like, oh, silly me. I forgot. My number one game of 2020, Shaf, is a little game called Half-Life Alex. Oh, you didn't even put it on the list, you little scumbag. Oh, I thought I, I could have sworn I put it on the list. I'm almost positive I put it on the list. But when you were reading down, I was like, where did Half-Life Alex go? It's not there. <laughs> uh, but I'm giving it to Half-Life Alex, man. Now, Half-Life Alex. I mean, okay, I'm going to... The, the problem with Half-Life Alex. I'm going to start with this right off the bat, is that the uh, the availability is so limited for people to play this game. You, you've got to have a VR headset. I mean, there's a handful of VR headsets out there, but you got to have one, and that's not a widely... Uh, what's the word? It's not a household item yet, like a console is. I have a feeling it's really moving in towards that direction right now, but it's not there yet. But not only do you have to have the VR headset, it's only on PC, so you have to have a PC capable of even running the game because it's still more of a high-end-ish type game. Uh, not like Cyberpunk high-end, but it's still kind of up there. But man, if you can hit those requirements, I'm telling you, Shaf, this game, it's its exactly what I wanted for a VR game. You, you, walk, you look around with your head instead of using the thumbstick. You use the other thumbstick to move around. You, you shoot by actually putting your arm out and pointing. You're ducking behind walls. People are coming at you. You've got... <laughs> Reloading your gun became a whole scary scenario because in a game you just hit B or X and the, the gun reloads. But if I'm out of bullets, Shaf... I gotta reach behind my back. I gotta take another magazine out. I gotta eject the magazine from the gun. I gotta put the new <laughs> magazine into the gun. I gotta cock the gun. <laughs> I gotta keep shooting at people. And when there's, you know, two or three or four zombies coming at you at once and giant uh, space bugs coming at you at once, I mean, that's that becomes a real stressful thing, Shop. <laughs> or like little little uh, like face huggers that are bouncing all over the room and are trying to get at you. I think I told the story where a face hugger got me and I couldn't see anything in the game. <laughs> and I was so into the game that I went to swat it off <laughs> my face, but I of course just ended swatting the VR headset with the controller and like knocked the VR headset off my face. <laughs> Cause it, because it hit me and it scared the bejesus out of me and I was like, get it off! <laughs> 
like when I punched all my figures off off the shelf when I was playing super hot in VR. <laughs> um, and there's there's one moment in the game or one sequence. I think I talked about this when I was reviewing the game, where you're there's a a zombie named Jeff in the game who can't see you but it can hear you, and if you get anywhere near this thing, it's an instant death. And you get put into like close quarters, like you're in an elevator with this thing. And you have to like, your character can't breathe because it's spewing gas. And if you smell the gas, your character coughs. And then it's like, there you are. <laughs> and it just kills you. And that was the most intense sequence in any game I've ever played. Rivaling like Resident Evil 7 almost. But it was even more tense and scary because it was in VR. Um, I've made the prediction on the past that I have a feeling if and when Sony debuts PSVR 2, which I know they're going to. They have to. I bet dollars to donuts that they're going to put this game on, onto that. Um, and I, I really hope they do because I want everybody to play this game. This game's amazing. Uh, next time you come to visit to come to Disneyland shop, you bet your ass I'm strapping this game on you. <laughs> and I'm going to make you play it. Um, but man, I, I can't say enough positive things about Half-Life Alex. So that that's why it's my number one. On top of the fact, I know I said I can't say enough, and I think we're approaching three hours in this episode. <laughs> shop maybe? Or no, over two hours. Yeah. Over two hours. Uh, so I'll keep my, my final thoughts brief, but I mean, Half-Life is a great series. Uh, there's been no Half-Life game for years and finally they came out with one and I just couldn't be more excited when they announced it. So that's why Half-Life Alex is my number one. Um, but here's the thing, Shaf, even though Half-Life Alex is my number one game, I firmly, firmly, firmly believe that Animal Crossing should be named geek so to speak game of the year because of all the time you and i were playing it oh yeah separately all the time you and i would take to play together visiting each other's islands being hyped up about what did you do to your island what did you do to your island let's go let's visit right now i gotta see how your setup was i mean you and i milked animal crossing for at least six months oh yeah straight um, and it was a great game, man. And if I think if Half-Life Alex didn't come out this year, Animal Crossing would have been my number one. So I, I put my vote in for Animal Crossing for, for Game of the Year. What say you? I agree with you. I mean, I, I look forward to playing Half-Life Alex, but since I haven't had a chance to play it, I can't put a vote towards it to say it's the best game. I can only go off of your perspective and your experience with it. Um, but that's not enough for me to put my vote in. So I would say since Animal Crossing was your number two and Animal Crossing was my number one, and since we do pretty much talk about it almost every episode of the podcast <laughs> um, and that we did just soak up so much time and it got us through the pandemic, um, I think you're right. I think Geek So To Speak's best uh, video game of 2020 is Animal Crossing New Horizons. All right. Well, uh, the Geeky Awards, they're coming to a close, Shaf, but not before we take one final small last award for the worst, or best, depending on how you look at it, movie or TV torture. 
So I, I'm, I switched this into one category because we've done geek movie tortures, but we also invented the new, the new segment of geek TV torture this year, Shaw. Yes. So anything that we've tortured ourselves with intentionally <laughs> is, uh, is on the menu for best or worst, again, depending on your perspective, torture. So we tortured ourselves this year with Street Fighter the Movie Shaw, a movie I couldn't believe you hadn't seen before this uh the happening not our traditional type of movie that we would discuss on geek so to speak but that was uh we called it um quarantine edition quarantine movie torture (laughs) because well we were in a quarantine that was the first official week of nationwide quarantine so we we decided to go with the happening based on your suggestion because of the the similar uh, similarities between what was happening in real life and what was happening yeah. in that movie. Um, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: The Next Mutation was a t- a TV torture, um, and I was just reading that that's going to be off of Netflix soon. So uh, if you really want to torture yourselves with some bad Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you better get to it. You better hop to it. Um, Fan Four Stick or Fantastic Four. Uh, we did do that was one where uh, we had to do as a uh, paternity leave special episode. That's right, because that episode debuted as uh, the birth of your your beautiful young baby girl was entering the world. The only thing that sucks about that one is the audio was off or not off, but we had audio issues. But it was the content was still gold, so we decided to keep it and not scrap it. So it it is listenable, listeners out there, and we do recommend you go back to listen to it. But we do apologize for the audio quality. Um, Resident Evil, Halloween movie torture shaft, and I do count the Thanksgiving roast because we knew it was going to be bad, <laughs> and it was a geek movie torture of the New Mutants. So, that being said, Shaff, what say you? What was the best or worst? Depending on your perspective, torture of 2020. <laughs> so, yeah, we definitely saw some real clunkers. Um, we tortured ourselves plenty this past year. Uh, and this was a tough one because there are some contenders. They're all bad. Yeah, they're <laughs> all so bad. <sighs> Even as I'm looking at the list now, I'm almost like rethinking it. Like, I'm like, did I pick the right one? I'm going to go with it because it was my gut reaction, but I'm also going to say what I thought I might pick. So my gut reaction was the worst movie that we tortured ourselves with, in my personal Uh opinion, was Resident Mm -hmm. Evil. Resident Evil. Okay. Now, I I will say that close contenders, very, very close contenders were Fan 4 Stick uh, Uh and TMNT The Next Mutation. (laughs) <laughs> but my, oh, but I went with Resident Evil particularly because it really was a chore to watch this movie. It was so boring. Nothing happens. They go down there. They try to come back up. Like it's there's like no point to this movie whatsoever. That's the whole movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it it's it's so bad. And it even the 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 uh, action scenes aren't very actiony. Like the zombies everyone's kind of doing whatever they want. Like 
the dialogue is horrible. It's just an altogether really bad movie. And it's amazing that it spawned so many sequels because it's so bad. But that's my opinion. Worst uh, torturous movie that we watched. <laughs> so when I was going over the list of the th- the worst thing that we purposefully tortured ourselves with, just uh, in case I haven't, we have any first-time listeners <laughs> listening to this, we do have a segment where we intentionally pick terrible things to torture ourselves with and then tear them apart. Um, <laughs> the, the problem I had with picking the worst one, Shaf, was that, yes, yeah, some of these are bad, but some of them were so bad that they were just so, like, fun to watch. Because they were so bad. Like Street Fighter the movie, for example. Yeah. Like I that movie is so bad. It's so bad, but it's like it's it's starting to get to a point where I don't want to put it on Super Mario Brothers the movie level, but like Raul Julia just chewing up the scenery, <laughs> just like overacting. <laughs> like where I'm like, yes. <laughs> like it's so bad. Yes. Game over. <laughs> like it's so good, but so bad. To, to real genuine things that were genuinely tough to just sit through and watch, man. Like Artemis Fowl level. Yeah. Um, And there were a couple of those two in there. And so on my list, worst torture, torturous torture, hardest torture that I had to sit through for the sake of entertainment for our listeners was... Resident Evil. Was it really? It was Resident. It was Resident oh Evil. Shop. It was Resident <laughs> Evil, and and everything you said is absolutely right. And the thing that's so that made it worse for me, I think, is that when the movie Resident Evil came out, I liked that movie. Man, I thought I was like, man, this is a. They finally made a good video game movie, but it's so bad. <laughs> It's so bad, Shaf. Now, don't don't get me wrong. I I'm talking about when it first came out. So when I saw it in theaters, I was like, finally. But then I've I've rewatched this movie a couple of times before we officially went back to torture ourselves with it uh, over the years. And my opinion of the movie dropped each time, and it dropped even further into the toilet when I watched it. <laughs> I mean, there's literally no plot. To this movie. Mila Jovovich wakes up. SWAT team drags her down to the basement of the house she's in. Oh no, there are zombies. Let's get out of here. That's the movie, Shaw. Well, the, I think the part that really is the wakes it the worst is that it it is so vaguely and loosely based on Resident Evil, like the games. It's re- yeah, real like, loosely based. It, it, it may as well just be its own movie. Like it doesn't have to be a Resident Evil movie. There's so little that carries over. In fact, really the only thing that carries over are some of the characters' names and the Umbrella Academy or the, the Umbrella Corporation. Like that's with the T virus or whatever they call it. Like that's it. Yeah. That's it. There's there's no there's no storyline. There's no part of any of the games that takes place in this facility or anything like that. Like it's yeah yeah it was it was not fun to watch i mean you got to see some mila jovovich side boob and again for us as individuals that was a perk but not enough (laughs) they they were perky so yeah that's what (laughs) actually i think she does 
show nudity in that. But it, the movie's so bad that I don't even remember. <laughs> and that's not a selling point, just to be clear. <laughs> We're not watching movies just to, to see boobs. But it helps. Yeah. But it does help. Um, but yeah, I'm giving I, I am giving my pick to Resident Evil. So I think it's uh pretty safe to say, Shaf, that the worst or best geek movie torture, depending on your perspective <laughs> of 2020, was Resident Evil, our Halloween episode. Resident Evil. Yeah. <laughs> getting frustrated just remembering it, man. Well, there you have it, guys. The 2020 third annual geeky awards are coming to a close uh my favorite part shop is that for the most part you and i agreed on everything i know it's amazing i think that's the most most agreements we've had uh so far in the geek the geeky awards history i agree so maybe next year that means we'll just agree on everything completely (laughs) yeah last year we had to do a lot of like trying to convince each other of what was going to be the pick like this year it was like yeah. oh well i remember right. having to do that a lot more yeah. <laughs> last year but hey that's a, that's best friends man maybe our tastes are aligning or everything was just so good that we agree we we generally agree most of the time I, i'd say at least 50 percent of the time we end up agreeing on stuff yeah anyway. i agree but you know i agree about bad. that not too bad. look at that wow. <laughs> there you go all right, folks. Well, that's bringing the geekies to a close and this episode to a close. Uh, we are going to be back on track, on schedule next week with our regular geek content. Meaning we're going to discuss all the latest and greatest geek news and then topic-led conversation. Uh, next week is going to be WandaVision, Shaf. WandaVision is finally coming out. Finally. Uh, I'm mentioning this now instead of at the telltale end because WandaVision... Is coming out on a Friday. The first two episodes, I think, Shaf, are coming out a week from tomorrow, as of when we're recording this, I mean. A week from tomorrow, as of when it comes out. But what that means for the listener, Shaf, is that we are waiting an extra day to actually record. Because we want to watch the episodes as they come out and then get that those thoughts out ASAP so you don't have to wait. So next week's episode is going to be delayed, but it is coming out. So don't think we forgot about you. It's not coming out on Friday like it usually does. It's probably going to be out on Saturday. Uh, Maybe Sunday. But earliest Saturday, latest Sunday. Next week. So just keep an eye out for when we're talking about WandaVision. Now, uh, you already know where to find us on the social medias. But that's the Geek So To Speak handle. If you're looking to follow me or Shaf as individuals on the social medias, well, let me tell you where you can find us. You can follow my best friend in the whole wide world, Shaf. Yay! At Shaf V-O. That's S-H-O-F-F. V as in voice, O as in over on Instagram and Facebook. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WonderRob. That's W-O-N-D-E-R-R-O-B. If you have any suggestions, uh, topics you want us to talk about, news articles you saw, or anything in between, by all means, shoot us a line at podcast at gmail.com. That's geeksotospeakpodcast at gmail.com. If you haven't already left us a review, do us a favor. Help us spread the word. Reviews help us grow. We are, well, we used to be the number one geek news podcast on iTunes, Shaf, but now we have fallen to number two uh, 
for to a podcast that's actually just called Geek News, but it's all in a, a language that I don't understand. I don't know what language it is, but it's all foreign language. <laughs> uh, so we're the number one English-speaking Geek News podcast on Apple Podcasts. I'll give you that. But the more you tell your friends about us, the more uh, you listen, the more you take a, just a couple of seconds out of your day to review us. Did you know, Shaf, that you can review podcasts on the Apple Podcast app just from your phone? You just find the podcast, hit five stars. It'll ask you to leave a tiny review. You don't even have to be wordy with it. Just leave a couple of emojis. Fire emoji, 100% emoji. Uh, the the wet, the wet, you know, juice emoji, and then the, the smiley face with the tongue out emoji. <laughs> That's all you got to do. And we'll uh, give you a very special shout out on the show. Um, but yeah. That's it. That's it, you guys. Uh, any closing thoughts, Shaw? Um, no, I think I think we covered it all. Although there was that one um, lifetime achievement award that we were supposed to give out. Oh, right? my wife demanded a lifetime achievement award. She she said she wanted the the WAP award, which of course obviously stands for wives against playing video games. <laughs> <laughs> so she she won it she won it <laughs> shout out to wonder my wife <laughs> wonder my wife <laughs> oh my gosh well yeah but uh, thank you all fellow geeks for listening for following us this past year uh, we look forward to what we can bring you in 2021 oh my gosh so many cool things are going to be finally releasing. We'll finally get a chance to watch. So there is going to be no shortage of geeky content for us to be able to bring to you in this new year. So my, my final comment would be happy new year. Yeah. What Shaf said, happy new years. You guys. Yeah. So we will see you next <laughs> week with our first impressions of WandaVision. Same geek time. Same Geek Channel! Take care, everybody. Wear a mask! The pandemic is still a thing! You guys are fucking lame. Geeks in this house, there's some geeks in this house, there's some geeks in this house, there's some geeks in this house. Hold up, certified geek. Seven days a week. Got a geek news podcast. I like to play geek, so to speak. Woo! Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you listening to this geek news podcast. Orgasms every week from this geek news podcast. Subscribe to Geek, so to speak, for this geek news podcast. <laughs>